Hi everyone, you're listening to the Via Lucci podcast, uncensored and completely unedited discussions about life and everything in it. We hope you enjoy the show. That'll do. <laughs> Not much of an intro. That, yeah. Oh, before we start, actually, I should apologise. Hello, everyone, to start with. Yeah, hello, hello, hello. Ask me why I'm wearing all this casual gear. Why are you wearing all this casual I'm glad gear? glad you asked. <laughs> uh, I, had to, I, I, I was given five days to move out of where I was staying. Oh, snap. So, like, this week, they said, oh, um, but, uh, you know, nothing's ever simple in my life. So, like, I, I get certain things by bending the rules slightly. But one of those is, like, it's like buying a cheap car. Okay, you've got a cheap car, but that means the car could break down. So, I've got this property. And they said, oh, you've you got, got somewhere sorted, though, yeah? No. So they said, oh. five days, you've got five days. I was like, oh, God. And we had a load of problems with the podcast last week. And I was like, oh, I didn't need this. Oh. So I've got to try and find somewhere in London with five days. Plus, I've got a pile of stuff to do through the week. So that now everything has to come to a crashing halt. Mm. And uh, I couldn't find anywhere. So last night, I was literally had to put everything in storage. Because, you know, London, you can't just pop in somewhere. It's not like the old days. You've got something to rent. It's some cash. Yeah. No, we've got to go through, like... <laughs> criminal record checks and all this sort of stuff takes a while oh yeah so and i tried to make it work and it just wasn't working so i had to put more stuff in storage and then i put my stuff in um and then i realized oh god i put the wrong bloody suitcase in the storage so i went to go back there this morning but they don't open until 10 so i had all my sort of gym gear <laughs> without all the so uh yeah i had to wear all this it's a very nice t-shirt yeah it's all right yeah. you're, you're putting you're pulling it off don't worry yeah it's the tracksuit bottoms it's, it's not really appropriate but you can't ah, see them that's fine. um well you're dressed in a three-piece suit charles <laughs> yeah, <so. laughs> the cameras aren't on um but the, the price of london i keep forgetting because i've been there for a few years and you go how are you charging 800 quid for a single room like the average is 650 mm. that's a mortgage payment and a room I mean, the landlords, they're like, they're like the crack dealers in New York in the 80s. You know what I mean, they're just running wild. No, charge what? Yeah, just call it a grand a week. I think if you've got four of these rooms that you're paying that six fifty average, is there no laws? Like, how, is that, how are people living in London? Supply and demand. But there's no rule. There's no cap. Nobody's going, should we keep an eye? I said to you before, years ago, when I was um, <clears throat> signing on, and... Uh, they said, oh, but I'll have to make the numbers up. They, they say 650, the, the flat 650, but um, the unemployment benefit, housing benefit only covers you for five. They go, oh, well, we only play up till five for rooms or whatever it was. I'm like, well, do you want to tell the landlords that? I mean, what do you want me to do? I'm stuck. Like, I, I was thinking, do you understand logically? I don't have the money. You're saying there's housing benefit, but I, you're not covering it. Mm. So why don't you match or tell the landlord you're only allowed to charge a certain amount? You can't go. Sorry, they can charge what they want, but we only pay this amount. That makes no sense. You're actually breeding criminality. It's like, well, how am I supposed to pay for the room? Like, you, what have I paid in for here? Well, uh, yeah, yeah. Lots of landlords don't let people. Uh, they, they, you know, deny people who are on housing benefit. Anyway, oh yeah, if you're so. unemployed, you, I mean, you got. Yeah. I mean, you got. You're 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 going to be living up in somebody's basement or on top of a. You might as well get a tent. My mate looked at a place and it was actually a garage. He's been looking recently, and, it, and, and when I say garage, I mean with the the door it was no it wasn't it was just literally a garage was there a car in there <laughs> um, <laughs> it was all on the floor <laughs> like honestly and there's like a tool shed there's like a tool uh, right. there weren't people having their mot's done at the same time <laughs> it, it was literally like the people it was like I, I think it was like an african family and like they all live next door 
and like he'd just have to like sort of live in the garage but, for like 700 quid <laughs> 700 yeah, quid yeah. i mean if it's 50 quid you go yeah, yeah that's, I'll what, save that's some what money. I mean. yeah yeah, yeah. But i like, mean it could be charming they could have really sold it to him you know it's this converted garage. Yeah, it's a building with its own garage i didn't realize living in the garage i thought there was <laughs> yeah. another building next to i it. thought it would be yeah conversion maybe something on top yeah. like a flat or something but no but you think i, I when i was looking for places they are now starting to rent out these mobile home places. Mm. So they're, but they're still 800 quid. You go, oh. the thing is, I was saying to somebody years ago, she was only about 25. I said, don't get involved with renting. Save the money up as long as you can. Because once you're in that circle, you ain't going to get out. So now when I went back and looked three years later, and it's like the, the price, I'm thinking, how's the society running? Like, where are all these people living in rooms, like single rooms? You haven't. You might as well just get a caravan. You might as well just get a caravan. Um, I might have talked about this uh, <laughs> last week or the other week. Uh, I don't think I did on. That's all right. Um, but um, yeah, my friend, uh, he's been getting really into um, urban camping uh, videos recently. There's a couple of he's guys. He's getting into urban he's, camping he, videos. Videos. He watches a lot because he was, again, he was. Uh, but what's he, he watching? People camping? Well, no, because he basically, <laughs> a similar thing. He, he lost. He. he didn't have it. They they turfed him out his place all of a sudden, with like again five six days notice, and he was staying in a hotel. And then he was like, maybe I could just live in my car. Right. <laughs> and he's just googling how do I live in my car. And he started watching lots of videos oh, of these right. dudes who do it. So he's um, using them as instruction videos. Right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of these guys are big. There's a couple of guys who have like one or two million subscribers. Um, and. You think that, you know, the subscribing will give them some money to actually rent a place. <laughs> yeah. You've been doing this for two years now. Is it not going? <laughs> well, there, there's genius little stories. It's like a whole, it's a really, really interesting subculture. They all look dreadful. They all look like they've been sleeping rough. They're like. In a car. Yeah. yeah. Like, they wake up. Smell me, of air freshness. They go, it's six in the morning. Just woke up in Ikea car park. <laughs> They're like, oh God. Cracking open a beer and a ciggy. You know what I mean? Oh, Eating. Yeah. Eat, they go. Got half half back a monster munch somewhere. Yeah, that's oh. so they've got channels of them living in the car. Yeah, and but they all have these weird backstories where they pretend that they're doing great. Right, <laughs> they're like got a great job, got how got two houses and a wife. Because just like living in the car is all, and it's just like really because you've been doing this. Uh, this channel's been going for three years, yeah. so you at least and they go, oh, just making so not, so much sure. money for my tea. And it's just like, are you though? Are they're not you? actors, or this isn't like a character. No, playing. but it's much better that's why it's the perfect comedy because it's sincere this isn't oh, like right. a okay, scripted yeah. thing this isn't this is this but do is, they ever say this is why i'm staying in a car it's not like this no they make lots of excuses like what uh, that um oh that they're just saving money that they enjoy it this is you know i think you should it, they're mean, living off the grid you know that type of uh we had someone in the shop well i won't say no but um we, we was talking after he was involved in property we were saying it's a, a lot of people i think he said under 30 years ago he said they're actually getting mobile homes. So you've got the car on the front. Yeah. Living in the back. You know, you pay £400 a month for the moat for the home. Then five years later, you sell it, get, you know, half your money back, and they got a deposit. But you're living in a, basically, it's a room in a yeah. car at the back yeah. of a car. And you can travel with it, really. Yeah. So, so I thought, but yeah. you shouldn't be mate. We shouldn't have to do this. <laughs> this is not, it's like a basic thing, living in a property. You shouldn't have to be always squeezed in to rooms. 
and for the amount you're paying. And it's like, nobody cares. You go, this Should, is Shall we introduce our guest? <clears throat> oh, yes. We haven't. Uh, I just, in a cute well, way. Well, I was keeping it casual. Uh, Madalena. Madalena, Madalena, yes. Um, well done. Right. Before we, we so your surname's Ericsson. That's correct. But you were born in Romania, Romania yes. and went to Sweden yes. when you were one. Nine. Oh, nine. Yeah. Okay. Um, who did you go there with? With my mother. Just your mother. Why did she go there? Did she have roots there? No, she married a Swedish oh, okay. guy, hence the surname as well. So how long have you been in um, England? Uh, I've been in London for 10 years now. Oh, 10 years? Yeah. Uh, did you, what was it? Had you been here before when you came here? I'd been here for sort of a quick holiday, oh, okay. and then I just decided on a whim to apply for university here. Oh. While I was in traveling around Italy, okay. and I came and I stayed. <laughs> what, what did you notice about the English? How's yeah, why, why, why here? Why? What made you I see mean, London? And yeah, because it's this is the place. I'm assuming you're on the run <laughs> if you stayed here. So. <laughs> <laughs> there's London and there's England, right? London yeah, is, yeah, is yeah, true, yeah. you know. I, I almost want to say was the city of opportunity because yeah. it doesn't really feel like it anymore. Yeah. But it's a place where you you never know who you're going to meet. Yeah. You know, you you meet such interesting people um, in terms of having a career. Before I had my own thing, there's so many opportunities around. Yeah. So I really felt that you know I'm not getting bored here. There's always something to do. Yeah, you um, can make a you can make sort of tech start up or or get mugged. <laughs> yeah, any corner you turn. You know, it's you never, never boring, know. is it? So, <laughs> um, so yeah. your your history with your, your career. So you went you uh, the the yachting thing. Yes, yeah, it's funny. I was actually watching the show called Below Deck last night. I don't know if you've seen right. it. Is that the new Star Trek show? No. no. <laughs> okay. I knew it wasn't. I wasn't going to be I, that. I, I, yeah. Okay. I'll, it's a I'll really, really cheesy um, sort of reality show about okay. people working on yachts and all the drama. The working, stuff. the start of the serving yeah, stuff. Yeah, the crew. Sort of thing. Yeah. Okay. And then Is obviously. It a recent show? No, it's been around for a while. I think it's quite big in America and they've just put it on Netflix now. So It's an American show. Um, yeah, it's well, it's mixed. I suppose it's American how, film. How high up the, do they go? I mean, I'm assuming the captain isn't involved in this. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's one that's more American, and then there's oh, Low right. Deck Med, which is oh, more okay. in the Mediterranean, and that has a female captain, which is quite cool. And it's mostly waiters and waitresses, and well, yeah, they call stewardesses oh, okay, and steward. deck crew. So right. you're a crew, you're not staff. Oh, <laughs> and what is that sort of high end like? Um, yeah, yeah, it's a high. I mean, at the end of the day, I suppose you are kind of like a modern day slave, but you know, a very fancy one on Downstairs, you know of yeah. a, a very very fancy boat. So, and you get paid well, and you get to travel. So it's pretty. And cool. it's just what's going on. People rushing around, stressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything has to be perfect. You know, right? That's what I could never put up with, like being a waiter. Especially, I can't do that. Everything has to be perfect. Thing. That, any that's one why, little blemish, anything. That's why I work crap places. Basically, <laughs> I, I make sure I work places with no standards, and yeah. so I can just go. There you go. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, can you think of being like the maitre d' in a restaurant? Forget it. Like to work in a restaurant where everything napkin perfect. Yeah, people looking to complain, especially the high end ones. Yeah, I mean, you see some of the people in the show. I really recommend the show because it's if you've never seen that world, it's re it's really interesting. And some of the guests that come on board, they they can be really nasty because they're just you know expecting Stuck even up. beyond yeah. that service. Yeah. Oh God. 
What's the po- the poshest experience you've ever had, Charles? Have you ever been like working on a yacht or anything? I've never worked anywhere. It's never been. <laughs> yeah, no. I, I did kind of work. I, I worked a bit in this one um, restaurant, this sort of pub or whatever, and they were pushing for a Michelin star. So they were, this is a while ago. So they were, and the food there was, it was fantastic. Which I mean, place is this? Uh, that was, it was a place uh, near Newbury. Oh. I'm not going to say the name. But anyway, it's a small, literally a pub, a rural pub out in the middle of nowhere, mm. owned by this French guy, um, who was also the chef, and completely insane. Mm. He, very funny, um, he goes, uh, the, the uh, what is it, the website, you can leave reviews, TripAdvisor or whatever, yeah? Yeah. One of them. He, um, you can go to this place, any review under three stars, he responds to personally, and is exceptionally rude about the person. I, they said, well, uh, we went in, you know, we had to, someone said, oh, we went in, it was, looks like a nice place, but, you know, we had to wait half an hour to get seated, it's very busy, and then, you know, and then someone messed up our dessert order or whatever. Was you this know. when you were working there? <laughs> <laughs> and they were, they, all these things, so, so not a scathing review, and then he's, and then he'll respond with something like, I remember you, Oh God! <laughs> your wife was ugly, No. you made lots of noise, I hope you never come back, um, you're a dreadful person, you know what I mean, like, and I'm like, whoa, okay. And it, but wow. hundreds. I mean, every review that wasn't like five star, he just personally attacked them. He was a maniac. He was an mm. absolute maniac. It was genius. I don't. I, I never really re- read reviews. Surely, are people only going to put bad stuff on there. You're never going to go. No, that's oh, good reviews. I, yeah. I check reviews on everything I buy everywhere. So I people go. go out of their way to give an average review. I don't say if you're annoyed, you come back in. Right, I'm going to ruin this place. But people just put normal reviews on there, do they? That it, it, yeah, it's not as yeah. polarised as you'd think. Right. It's not just five-star yeah, ones. Yeah, I thought it would be only extremes would be on there. No, people review like local McDonald's and stuff. Mm. Oh, come <laughs> on. Yeah, 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 yeah. If you, if you type, well, what, what are you expecting? They're yeah. like, the so, food tasted of cardboard, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, and I got mugged outside. Well, yeah. yeah. A bunch of kids smoking weed outside. <laughs> like, no, no, no. no, but they will go and rate the toilet standards, for example, and things oh, like that. You know, I've opened up a can of worms. <laughs> I didn't realize I've looked in. Have you seen that? There's a, I've forgotten his name. Um, he's really big. Again, another guy's big on YouTube. Uh, he's really big on YouTube. He wears like, um, a, a really nice suit and like I think a tie. No, it's a tie, not a bow tie. And uh, he reviews fast food in his car. And like he car he he looks like if you close your eyes and think of a nerd, yeah, and then open them, that is he's just nerd. He's just archetypal How nerd. Do these things take and off? then he's going. I'm trying the new uh, double BK uh, cheeseburger. And he goes, I'm sad to quit. <laughs> and he, so it's a comedy channel uh no because again it's played very straight um what's annoying he's an abs- is that- he is such a like he's like um he looks like Mackenzie crook um, from that. the office right okay. the the little nerdy one from the office you know he looks like that and he's and he gets apparently he gets so many ladies like they want to be taken out to the fast food yeah places. well he so knows good. where to go he knows all the best places <laughs> but that's what you do that's your thing in life i sit there in front of a camera and do oh god oh why do i talk to you why do you say i knew we shouldn't have got to reality shows it was only going to go down here from then sorry my so bad. what have you um uh how did it go were you working on the yachts it was it was really fun it was a positive experience yeah i mean i was uh, crossed the Atlantic twice and do you get to, to get off much though or are you just in a boat you do you yeah. do you have days off you know and in between sort of having guests on board you have time off you and what were you doing holidays. on there I was a stewardess 
Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and what the hours do you work? Crazy hours. Yeah, just whatever's in the Yeah, day. 12, 15 hours a day. Yeah. You're pretty much on call all the time. Though. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, it's not like you can just go and, if there's a problem, you've got to get up, you've got to... You go, oh, I can't, the, oh, it's the last train, or, oh, the car's broken down, I no, can't you, make But it you live today. on the boat, yeah, so you I'm can't, saying, yeah, yeah, you know, it, it is... no escape, yeah. Yeah. Has there ever been any horrors, like, set on a yacht, like a zombie apocalypse or anything like that? <laughs> there was... Like, you wake up and everybody's gone. There was the one that was quite an interesting premise, where the... They were all having a, a, they were on the small, small yachts and they yeah. were all having a big party and they all jumped into the river, yeah. into the sea. And then they realized that no one had put the, um, oh, great. The, the, the stairs, the ladder, the ladder down and no one could get up. Oh, no way to get up. Well, it, it, cause it was, oh, it was so big. high. It was yeah. just so high. Yeah. They couldn't get up and they tried and they tried. And then a shark turned up. Oh, good God. premise. That's yeah. a good yeah. premise. Not a great film. Good premise. Have you seen open water? Have you seen that? Uh, oh, that's the one they they scuba dive. Yeah, have you seen that? Lost. No. Yeah, it's based on the true story. Okay. That they have a statistic that because so many people go diving and you know tours and all that. Yeah. Statistically, over the planet over a year or over five years, some people just get left behind randomly because somebody put this. You know, you got you got things to make sure that you don't get left behind. Like you yeah. put your thing name there, and that has and to be ticked is, off. This is horror for me. But if you've got thousands and thousands of people a year, every yeah. now and again, somebody yeah. moves somebody's bag, and oh, look, oh, it looks like they're there. You're, yeah. You haven't counted. And I said, yeah, some people do get left out at sea. But think of that a human being of experiencing that the boat's gone, and you're in the middle of the sea. Oh my god, that's like people have experienced yeah. that. Yeah. Or the um. That that's just that that's uh, there's horror films and then there's like I call them stress films yeah, yeah. and that's yeah. just like it's too real yeah yeah there's kind of like oh there's kind of like films make you go ah oh, jump and there's films that kind of like unsettle you or gross you out but then that's just kind of like just stress and yeah. like you just come away yeah. just feeling tense I'm never you know? saying to somebody I'm not I'm just gonna bite my wrists bleed out as quick as possible pass out I'm not waiting to be eaten because there's not I can't do anything here this is definitely I'm de I'm not getting eaten alive do you remember the worst in uh, what's it called in um the jaws when he talks about the worst shark attack ever uh, Indianapolis have you heard about this yeah, yeah, yeah in the middle of the sea when the, they were delivering the nuclear warhead thing and it just went down and they couldn't radio for help because it was a secret mission sometimes so they went away yeah <laughs> sometimes they didn't oh my but God. 800 people eating alive just a sh f I, in the dark in i the i love i love that because that is the most horrifying bit in the whole film and it's just a man yeah. talking to camera very yeah. very quietly very calmly yeah. not, nothing too dramatic and it is horrifying it's truly horrifying yeah. in story it's like wow <laughs> well a lot of those people went on to be religious because the guy they did interviews afterwards and they said that they thought it was like a punishment that they were sent with this nuclear warhead. Oh, they thought they were being punished, and so they started thinking like religiously. There is, oh, I missed it. It was on the other week. I missed it. There were, there's a, there is a new film, a new film, two years old, uh, with Nick Cage, right? About the USS Indianapolis. Oh, there's a film about it. There's a couple actually. There's oh, two, right. but there's a recent one, and this one is uh, late stage Nick Cage. Yeah. Um, where he's just given up. Um. <laughs> and he just turns up and it's like it i mean if you've never seen anyone on a lot of valium oh, right. um <laughs> then watch that film and then you go oh that's what someone looks like who's taken an awful lot of valium basically a lot of prescription drugs there can barely get his words out not even drunk just kind of barely barely be bothered to stand it's one of those films where like the main 
where the star turns up and then just immediately sits down and then just doesn't really stand up for much of the film. And most of their shot, most of their scenes are filmed in one location because they obviously only had them for like two days. You oh, know what God. I mean? And yeah. it's, it plays on the film where everybody goes in the water. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah okay. story, yeah. Well, you know, there's no good end to that film. Though, is there? They, they get saved. Oh, a couple of them get saved. A few hundred. But I mean, there's other horror stuff that can happen on even on the fancy yachts, like piracy, for example. That's a yeah, that's a yeah. big one. There was a movie with Tom even Hanks still. with it. Oh, yeah, I, remember, yeah. Uh, I mean, they were on a very commercial boat, but it happens on private yachts as well around you know the coast of Somalia. Um, so that still happened today. Well, when I was working on yachts, we we used to have pirate training. How so, long ago was this then? So this is twelve years ago. Yeah. Yeah. What was the pirate training though? I mean, basically, wearing, wearing what do patch. you do? What yeah. do you do if pirates come on board? Yeah. You know, where where do you hide? How do you alarm? Um, yeah, but that should, that's not your responsibility, is it? What's, what's well, it? everybody needs to know so they don't panic. Basically. So, what is the general rule? What is the basics of it? Do you go to a location and lock the doors? I mean, what's the basically stay calm, yeah. uh, gather gather together. Obviously, the captain is going to do the negotiation, but you as crew need to kind of know. Right. So you don't run around and try to talk to them, right, or, okay. you know. Um, <laughs> swallow, swallow your jewelry. <laughs> <laughs> Drink the champagne. Get rid of the champagne. I mean, they're not really interested in that. They're interested in in ransom. Yeah, that's. that's but when, yeah. you have, when you find out how that started, it was because Russia was sort of dumping all their crap in their sea, and they were couldn't fish anymore, so they had to go out to chase them away. And in the end, they thought, well, let's just kidnap them because we get more money for them anyway. But it's only because everyone was using it as a dumping ground. Whereas it's like <clears throat> Somalia. Yeah, off of the coast of Somalia, everywhere. I think even America were doing it, were just going there, because the laws were a bit more relaxed, dumping stuff, and they were killing all the fish. Well, they, they don't really have a government. I mean, it's not really yeah, yeah. a state. It's a bit better than it was, but like they have, uh, within Mogadishu, within the capital, they sort of have some semblance of uh, structure and government, but out of provinces. Barely, you just yeah. left to, you got to go and fend for yourself, mate. Yeah. Oh God! Uh, how, yeah. what, do you go out to Sweden much? I've actually spent most of the summer in Sweden. Oh, it's really controversial with the <laughs> corona going on. Yeah. Um, how are they doing over there? They're actually doing really well. Yeah. Um, so what you read in the news here, it's you know, it's media. Right. Of course. Um, yeah. You don't really see. The society hasn't broken down, obviously, because there was never a lockdown. Yeah. People are being very respectful. So there was, was there no lockdown? No lockdown, oh, okay. but clubs are closed and yeah, no yeah. gatherings over 50 people. Uh, and people generally don't, you know, Swedish people are very obedient right, okay. and believe in the government. So they do what they're told. So oh, they're okay. told social distancing, then you're social distance. Right, you know, I you see, don't yeah. get closer to people. Yeah, yeah. But nobody's wearing a mask, for example. Right, okay. Um really. Well yeah, yeah. so you think the difference between like <laughs> Sweden and uh, the UK is yeah. that do you think that that's a societal yeah. Issue really. Yeah, the, absolutely. The, the the way our societies have approached it and not necessarily even sort of government policy or whatever. Yeah, because I think, like I said, people believe in the government and, and people do what they're told. They don't break laws, obviously. Not everybody is obedient. But um, you're just, you grow up um, in a way to respect, to do what you're being told. Um, and also, Swedish people are generally quite 
not as affectionate maybe oh, as, right, okay. as other yeah, other yeah. nationalities so you you're used to having a general right, social yeah, yeah. distance you don't always sort of hug and kiss when you meet yeah most people in sweden live alone because you know there's no houses crising in the same way oh, as really? here yeah so you know as soon as you turn 18 you move into your own flat you don't oh, there's right. not a lot of flat shares yeah. um so you already have that yeah. out. So you know, used so, to, yeah. The only problem they've had is with, with elderly homes, and I think that's everywhere. Um, yeah. What's been the problem there? I mean, they didn't put any restri- they didn't put restrictions oh, right, so early okay. enough for yeah, visitors, yeah, yeah. so obviously people still went and visited their family, um, and they've apologized for doing something wrong, which yeah. I think it's nice. They've apologized. Uh, here, I don't think anybody's really apologized for not knowing what they're doing. They they just sort of shake their head and mumble something and yeah. then sort of... It's all very confusing. Even the, the quarantine thing is very confusing. It's, uh, you know, rolls up and down. I think one person has been fined uh, since the quarantine rule came in. Um, so who... What is actually going on? Yeah, in this country, I have no idea. Like, on honestly, like... Yeah, I couldn't... I didn't the, know. the messaging... I mean, it is a real problem. I was thinking yeah. this the other day. Um, uh, the messaging... I have no idea what I'm supposed to do. What, like, because, cause, um, I don't know, so, someone was going to come around and, and like, had a conversation. I was like, are they allowed? I mean, they're going to come around and get, get the chip. But like, I was like, and because they're sensible, we're going to be sensible. It's fine. You know, and I got separate loose and stuff. It's fine. Mm. So, but yeah, I, I didn't, I was like, are they actually allowed in? Are they not? Do we have to, to keep distance? Well, the, the Do they have problem, to wear a mask when they're in the house? You know, like, it should I be no very idea. simple. Governing yes, should yes. be very, very simple. The complication comes in when you're trying to play politics on top of that. If you just go, what is the issue? Like the New Zealand Prime Minister, she's a perfect example of how it should be done. There's a problem. How do we fix a problem? Not, how do we fix a problem, but then I've got a thing and I'm, you know, voting in next year. So that, that, you're complicating it. Mm-hmm. The, the problem is, like the lockdown, right, this is what we need to do. This we've got to do. Not, well, if we close it down now, it's going to look bad. And if you're doing the thing, you go, oh, see, the, the complication is you being, so your politics, your career, it's and very constantly simple. playing to the crowd, constantly mm, yeah. having to sort of perform to the, what they perceive. Yeah, and they don't put any. You've got to. You've got to say right, okay, well, the 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 coronavirus. This is the issue. To stop it, what we're going to do is we're going to do a lockdown. It's not absolute need, but we need to do it now. So let's just give ourselves two weeks. Everyone's locked down, yeah. and we'll come back in two weeks and see where we are. Not well, there and Monday and Tuesday you can, but not four people, two people. But you're not here and there, and you go. Why don't you understand human beings? How do you, at Eng- as English people, feel about the government after this? I had you just you just you just see it's they're not really governing you. You don't have any trust in them. Mm. You know they're playing politics, so then that le- you trust them less. So you end up going, "What's my common sense here?" Mm. Um, so- it feels like I mean I had very little confidence or faith in them from the last 10 years and then and they've even managed to <laughs> to 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 you know to, to surprise me about how how spectacular and it is it spectacular screw up it's it's a screw up it's getting to the stage of spectacular screw up because mm. it seems like every time that they try and do something they screw it up they go we're going to open the schools and everyone said what when um what are we going to do how's yeah. that going to work and they're like uh uh, but we need doesn't matter. Okay, we need we're to not going to open the schools. About opening the schools. Yeah. We're going to open up uh, theatres and casinos. Are you? Um, oh <laughs> yeah. no, no, no. We're not people are that, complaining. Then. What do we do now? I don't know. Change what you said. Let's do something else. Yeah. 
But this is like I said earlier, you just don't get born in this country. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You just keep you hopping around. I don't know what to do here. Um, but it, it didn't always used to be like this. Like, I, I swear things used to be a bit, you know, in the old days. When things, things were black and be, white. Yeah. Just see. But I, it, it really, it does that thing again where it shines a light on the fact of they don't actually know how to govern a country. They're not bothered. They know how to play politics. When you see them on the news and they've got this thing coming in and finance and blah, 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 that's all politics. When something happens in the country and things have to be governed, they're like, well, I don't know what to do outside the house, Houses of Parliament. You know, all I need to do is play politics and play chess. And, mm. yeah. So I have to govern. Well, I don't know about governing. I don't know how to run a country. I just know about being in the Houses of Parliament and moving and power and politics and media. Mm. So they don't know anything. It's as simple. You're just complicating it. It feels, they feel like, um, I don't know if you've ever worked for a big company, like a national company, or multinational company. Um, I've been sacked from a few. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, well, I tons. don't think I have, actually. Um, but occasionally, like with these ones, like with a very, very big company, um, they're sort of, the, the head office is very isolated and very sort of distant. And then you often get lots of uh, memos and emails and stuff saying, mm. oh, maybe you should um, be doing all this, you yeah. know. Don't use the back door to, to leave. Use the front door, and you're like, whatever. No one, no one's paying. They're le- issuing all these edicts and sort of memos and all these different policies. No one's paying any attention on the ground. They're just getting on with it, I, and I, that's that's what it feels like. It just feels like they're going. Oh, maybe yeah. you should um, wash your hands more or something, or or just go for a jog. Yeah, and, like, and you're like, what yeah, you whatever. Think? But this is like the uh, the show, The Office, that you mentioned earlier. When you, what's his name, the uh, Ricky Gervais yeah, character, David Brent. Yeah. David Brent is basically like boris johnson <laughs> <laughs> yes um everything you do is to gauge the opinion of how is this looking not leading this is what we need to do i suppose i was going to say without the tragedy but then there is a slight air of tragedy about <laughs> boris certainly it's just when do we wake up about i don't want to get involved in politics again. yeah no, that's it, not a, it's, always it's, a my, it's my bad i mentioned no, no, sweden no, no. and <laughs> at the end of the day i am in this country and i do i love england i love london <laughs> you mentioned a much better country that's run more, <laughs> better, like, more effective it's, yeah it'd be nice to just have a bit more just common sense you know but you need to be from the top down mm. you shouldn't have to go oh, yeah, bloody coronavirus let's get off that subject. yes let's. um so uh startups yes startups i love startups the nurture yes so, the nature nurture what was the found no, nature, nurture founders, founders. yes uh, why did you uh, start it up well, I basically feel like a lot of startups are quite, I mean, the founders need a lot of help. They're confused. They don't really know where to start. Um, they're lonely. Um, they don't really know who to talk to. And they they find themselves in a lot of, find like looking for a lot of systems, looking for, I, I, need, I need to set this up. I need to register my company. I need to uh, have a CRM. I, when they start getting a team, I need to, get a payroll program I need to get a design program I need to do social media like you know you're kind of you you have an idea you're super excited but actually 90% of the things you're doing are things you maybe haven't done before and you need help um so I I got that from my own experience that I didn't really know who to talk to or where to find other founders and where to find all the systems that I needed so that's how the idea to nurture founders came about. So it's a community where founders can talk to each other. Um, they can exchange ideas. And there's also, um, this is in the making now. So I'm in kind of a, a 
better stage um, where you're going to be connected with service providers and through your membership you get um, good offers on on different services that you require as a founder so it's like a, a community, community ecosystem where basically is the on, my goal is to take it to be the only digital place where you need to go as a founder you can find everything you need there um, and this is sort of in the early stage I'm looking at sort of your zero to three um, and then I have plans to do something for later stage startups moving forward but this is where we are now yeah when the, the, the when, when I was putting my company together and I, I learned a lot of stuff but it was all through um not because I didn't know anything yeah. I mean not, not just I, I mean again I've said this before but I had to learn to read first I mean, that, <laughs> that low I didn't know anybody I didn't know anybody professional jobs and all that yeah but um when I got through everything and I was popping out the other end of it, and then suddenly people saying, how did you do this? And how did you do mm. that? I'm saying, I didn't know I did it. Like, yeah. I didn't know, like, how did you get 30 people together in London over 10 years to, well, 50 at some point, three projects. Yeah. And I'm going, because I didn't know all the problems ahead. Which you go, oh, it sounds quirky and nice. Yeah. But um, come on, you, you, know, you grow up. You need to be, a, you go, no, that's literally how, if I had known if you had, if I have to sit in front of a business person, mm. and they say, "Right, we well, need to do this," they say, "Go," and I've learned, no, you didn't need to do any of that. You don't worry, don't worry about your accounts for now. Don't get your things set up. Make sure you help. You then you have to, you have to, you really. And I've all keep saying this more about personal development, but you have mm. to understand who you are, yeah. What your weaknesses, what are you lazy with, yeah. What are you not going to do? What do you have to force yourself to do? Yeah. And then you just find people that they do those things, yeah, and. One thing I would we said when I was putting it together, I always knew that I'd meet people and think you can do the job, but we're not going to have a laugh doing it. That means there's going to be problems throughout this. Yeah. Whereas you I mean, we were here the other day for three hours mm. trying to sort some podcasts and stuff out. If that was work and I didn't mm. like the person, I'm not doing it. I'm no. not here for three hours. But if you're not, if it's just you, the work <laughs> is just getting it done, it's it's like the it's that thing it's like everything's so simple i realized and the only reason i got those three projects and i'm still having to go to work mm. 30 people at the same time yeah no office no central it was all going through me it was all done because i liked the people i liked seeing the people it never really felt like work yeah if that was a job forget it you can't have 30 people that yeah no contract so the biggest thing was like it's actually really 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 simple mm. but you've got to Get rid of all the stuff. Don't keep reading book after book after book. It's a, to start get a start together. You basically need a pen and a pad. Yeah. Figure out what you want to do. Write down what you can't do, and then find somebody you like who can do those things. Yeah. And what kept me going is I like being around the people that I was doing it with. That's yeah. the biggest secret. Because again, it sounds cliched, mm. but that will get you through the mess ups and the things not going right. Is being around people that you actually like, yeah. not having somebody that sees it just as a job. But a, a lot of people don't do things because they just see the the ten year thing of what you and you go, oh, forget it. And you go, look, just write down what you want to do. Just sit down with a pen and a pad. Yeah. It's so simple, but everything's been so overcomplicated. Yeah. And um, then there's a thing of do some that thing about do something you love. That, that's it if you have said to you right uh okay so you did all this stuff right now you take all that and we're gonna we're gonna start an accountancy firm and you'll be the head of it i, I, I couldn't last a day mm. i've got to enjoy it I, i'm not that i just do things that i like well and i think that's that's the thing with a lot of founders and basically 
what I'm trying to achieve is for more people to not give up too early because 70% of startups fail after year one because you are that person who's really passionate, but you don't know how to do everything. So you, you do need help. Either you need a co-founder or you need to find other people to work to do those boring things for you yeah. because eventually you're going to need to do marketing. You're going to need to do your accounting and you're going to need to have some software. Um, and you're the ideas person who drives this. And in order for you not to give up, you need to be nurtured. You need yeah. you need help. Well, when uh, so people say to me about the, what you can do when the uh, the magazine and all that, what you can do when the mag- I said I haven't thought I've got a, I'll get a business guy at the time. Yeah, yeah, but you need to go. No, I'm not. I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm literally. I'm not interested. I'll get somebody who is interested in those things. Yeah, and put them in place. And between the two of us, we work it. You need to and do what you're good at, right? Yeah, and it sounds so like I'm. Oh, you're not taking it seriously. You go. No, I just. Mm. I'm doing. I'm not bothered about this thing. So I'm going to find somebody, and I trust you. Yeah. You do that bit. And again, it's like it's the 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 biggest things in life, the best things in life, they're they're, they're hidden behind simplicity. You go, well, it can't be that easy. So let me look for the complication. Let me look for go. No, can't it? You got to look at everything like a child. Yeah. You, and it's again, it sounds cliche, but it's that's the secret. Yeah. Look at it as a you got to again a pen and a pad, and that's yeah. what you start from there. I remember when I. I thought, right, I've got a plan of life here because I'm nearly 30. I didn't have to read. I thought I've got to do something because I wasn't expecting to be around. And I remember getting a pad and sitting there and going, right, how do I, what what am I good at? What can't I do? What am I scared of? What are, yeah. And there's a bloody great big long list of things scrawled like a child of like what I can't do. And I thought, oh my God, there's not a lot I can do. <laughs> and there's a lot of things I can't do. But then I just thought, right, let me just get one person that does that. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it. You didn't do all the company. If you'd gone to a business guy, business planner, they'd lay all this stuff out. Go, well, I don't know what that is. I don't know what that. I oh, forget. It. It's not worth it. But you just need a pad. And a lot of times, you just need to know it's okay. Mm. So, like when I put but put the company together with no money, mm. I said because I want to do something where the story yeah stays around longer than anything I did yeah because that's how I learned through uh, people's lives like person I didn't yeah. learn through person development books. I learned through um, books of people that had lived certain lives and yeah. how they lived. Yeah. And I thought, you need a story where other people go, oh, they done it. Now I can do whatever it is I want. Not yeah. follow my life. You just need something to lay out. Look what I did from there to there. Yeah. And you go, oh, well, and I can do that. Yeah. That's, that, that's all you need to inspire people. I mean, if you're, I'm, I'm quite interested in manifestation and self-development. And I think that's one of the things that I thought sounded really cool with the podcast as well. Um, so there's some people call what you're talking about having expanders in your life. Uh, what so does that mean? it's basically people that come from a similar background to you and have achieved similar oh, okay, things right, to so, what you want yeah, to achieve. Yeah. Basically not mentors, but say, you know, you, you've, you're in media and you're looking up to someone that comes from a similar background as you and has a massive media empire. And that's like really powerful to move you forward. So I think by bringing founders together as well, it's like you're seeing where other people are and understanding their struggles and seeing that people overcome it as well. Um, just generally in the power of the community and the power well, of supporting people each that other. People have had on the show have always said, I wanted somebody of like, that have high standings. I try to get people on high up, you know, BBC or whatever, yeah. and then just talk about the normal days of their life. Yeah. Make it not make them normal human beings. Yeah. See their mess up. See that they're not perfect. See the bad relationships. So not the business. Yeah. You need to go. That's a normal person. Yeah. It's why if you're born in Beverly Hills and your parents are uh, uh, lawyers, 
You don't go, oh, one day I'm going to achieve to be a lawyer. You go, well, it's normal. You know, my yeah. dad's a lawyer and he goes to the toilet in the morning. Yeah. You, if, that's what you do. You normalise everything. So nobody, there's no special people, which yeah. is why I always said with the, sh- the podcast and things, always talk about the weak, pathetic points in my life. Yeah. Boring, nothing happened for years, petrified, broke again. That's more of a teaching tool because yeah. what it does, it makes you go, Oh, it's okay to not have this weird, perfect life where oh, this happened and then I bumped into that person, this story. You go, no, it's boring. Yeah. When we were talking about before doing the mockumentary, it only got brought up because I was going to do a documentary about everything that I did. But it's a, it's a, the documentary is me sat in front of a computer. This isn't Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what do you think? This is in front of a computer or a meeting in a coffee shop. That's the big, the media, that's my, that's the stuff. There's nothing exciting here. Yeah. It doesn't have to be this amazing, jo- it's boring. You want to be a startup, but it's bloody boring. So you better be around people that you like doing things with. Yeah. Because if, you, if you're going to struggle and not be around people that you have a laugh with, then you're just struggling. Yeah. At least you can struggle and you can cry and be pissed off, but you're having a laugh at the same time. Yeah. That takes the sting out of it. So my, I, when I start to, put everything together i really got to a point where i was thinking i I was trying to figure out like get advice from people but then i was thinking but i i do better when i don't get the advice Mm -hmm. because they're from a different world they're not me they're trying to i can't get into a company and move up slowly it's not going to work and i started to realize hang on is this is this the model that everybody else should maybe i'm the you need to be listening to me which i did not want because i thought i don't need that burden I'm just trying to figure things out. But I really realized one person after the next, oh, you're, you know, director, forget, you don't, you don't know what you're talking about, the publishing, you're from 50 years ago. That you, and thinking, oh, hang on, this is a new world here. Maybe I'm the one that's got to tell people what to do. And it was really difficult because the further along I got, the more I realized that not knowing anything, just not being burdened by all these rules, mm. that's what got me through, like, I had to get you out of the way because you kept going on about the thing and the thing. And the, blah, blah, blah. No, I'll get you out of the way because you say I've got to do this and got to go. And I thought, no, I realised everything's like childishly simple, but it's all been overcomplicated. And I remember thinking moments in my life, I'm thinking, what if everything that everyone's been taught about this is wrong? It's just the way things were. Yeah. So how have you got, and it, which is horrendous. It sounds like so narcissistic. But it's only because it all worked that I'm thinking it can't be as simple as I think. So when I say things that are childish, you enjoy things and blah, 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 and be around people that you love. More important than anything, do you like the person? Forget the CV. Hmm. That's what keeps you going and gets you through it all. I thought, oh, my God, it really is childishly simple. Maybe all that I look, startups and all that. It was all bollocks. It was all wrong all the way you needed this and you needed that. And the, the funding, you didn't need that. The office, you don't need the thing. You don't need that. You just need to be around some people that you like working with. That's the big thing. That's the first thing. And so it's, I honestly thought like the whole startup scene, it's so simple, but it's just been overcomplicated by all this. So much information coming in from 10 different things. You, you can't, nobody can teach you how to do your life. Or you can go, well, they did something so I can do something. That's the best you can teach somebody is to do something where they can go, well, you go went from there to there. And as I said with the podcast, talk about all the shitty boring bits mm. so you go oh okay that's what it is mm. but you what have you have you've, what what big ideas have you got career-wise like is there anything that you want to achieve like 10 years um well i definitely want to grow this company quite big and even though yes it's simple to start just to sort of 
point back at some of the things you spoke about, I definitely need funding to grow it, to to take it to where I want to take it. Um, so even though things things are simple, you can you can map it out. I think you're still always going to need some help, uh, depending on how far you want to go. I believe, uh, but yeah, you know, surrounding yourself with good people is is always super important, and surrounding yourself with people that have the same ideas as you and and do the same things as you and are. For for example, like going back to to the communities that I I've realized that I mainly want to surround myself with founders now because it's people that understand my pains and what I'm going through, and also people that are visionaries. So well, I think when you start a company, it's, it becomes a little bit. I, I mean, this is going to sound maybe doesn't sound so nice, but I don't I don't really have anything in common with my friends that are in normal jobs anymore because they don't have that vision. I mean, even if you're, if you're a freelancer, we're going to have more in common than if you're a sales director for a big company, because you're not, you know, you're, if you're in a, a corporate job, I probably don't really have that much in common with you. Um, yeah. Well, the, the, just to be around people, one, one that you like being around those people before mm. anything. And two, just to sort of, it's nice when you meet somebody and you go, oh, I don't have to struggle or pretend. I, they talk like I talk. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this feels like the right part. Somebody yeah. said recently, said, it's like when, when you're not being you or you're not talking to people that you like, it's like being off-road and you blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then you meet somebody that's like you and it's like, oh, I wish it was like this every day. Just yeah. nice, smooth, everything. And then once you find that, it's really, it's difficult to go back. It's a bit like once you find... Uh, your tone of voice, you find yourself, you find the way you dress and you, you become comfortable in your skin and you, you are clear about where you want to go in life. It's very difficult to go back to how it was before, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's difficult to hang out with people that you hanged out with before. You've, you've, you transform in that sense, right? And becoming more of your true self. Yeah. Um, so then it just becomes natural. And I think also that you do, um, automatically attract people then when you have that sort of you're authentic in yourself you're going to attract people like you um, and then I think it it just becomes easier so from clear. there on Charles what what career plans did you have when you were younger uh, um, you see your philosophy you did philosophy <laughs> well, that, that's, I'm the, that's the thing is obviously obviously I had a, a yeah, I didn't have many because I did philosophy as a, <laughs> a university. So, course, like, yeah, yeah, I wasn't thinking of a career. I'm going to be one of those high flying philosophers. But you must like something. Did you want to open all up? the companies want to use? Yeah, get down with the kids. Yeah, just just coming up with. Did ideas. you not want to open up a comic book store or something one day? Uh, no, I did that. Well, I, I had. Well, here's a, here's right. So, I got, but I was going to say I got a degree in um, philosophy and then I got a masters in screenwriting. Oh right, uh, okay. I am completely unemployable. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> like it, like for a corporate job. And I said this to my mum the other uh, last year, or whatever. I was just like, why did you let me do that? And why did you let me compound my first error with the masters <laughs> in screenwriting? I was like, you just <laughs> why didn't you say anything? I mean, I'm not blaming her, but I was like, you should have like you should have been my consigliere my yeah, wartime yeah. consigliere yeah and like giving me some advice like <laughs> why myself... did you just love me so much yeah <laughs> but i always think right if you have to sort of play mental games so if you say like so you've got two million right you won two million on a scratch card yeah. whatever so you do the things you get the money amazing fly around the world cars house blah, blah, pay, off all, pay off all my debts yeah all yeah. that and that, but now it's two years later you've been around the world the yeah. car you know the the, the porsche's got i grow, I grow weary of the yeah of the cocaine and hookers <laughs> yes. yeah no, okay. you're bored 
now you're indoors. You go, right, I'm going to start a company. I've got to do something. I've got to get out of that. What would you do? Oh. Um, so you've got a million. You're bought. You're a done million? It. Yeah, so you've got a million left. Uh, oh, yeah. I'd, I'd finance a film. Yeah, a film. A film yeah. Not get involved with it, just finance it. Well, I found and I would, yeah, be probably writing and uh, directing at some point. Okay. Within that, yeah. Writing and directing, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's your I'll thing. start my own production company, probably, and do that. Oh, start a production because you actually make them yourself. Okay. What about you, Madeline? Two million a year later, would you just pump it all into what you're doing now? Would you buy it? What would you... Yeah, I don't think I would take a year off or buy a fancy car. I would definitely invest in property. Yeah. Um, you know that most lottery winners tend to be broke very quickly yeah, because yeah. they don't know how to manage money. Yeah. Um, but no, I would, um, yeah, I would just keep going with my company. Yeah. Um, get an office set up and yeah i'll definitely do some traveling yeah. help family all the cliche yeah. stuff um but yeah just then i know i can self-fund and take it where i want to go um so what's the what's the end goal with it it's it's an online community i'm yeah. assuming you want a physical space at some point for people to be at meetings and things and perhaps i mean if you would ask me six months ago i'd say yes now because of the pandemic oh, i don't okay, know right. anymore yeah, yeah. um i i think the main so much of where nurture founders has gone today is because of the pandemic <clears throat> and oh, because well. there is no digital space for founders to sort of hang out and exchange ideas um and also because so many people are starting their business because they've been married furloughed they've lost their jobs but also because they've had time to think about their lives and what they want to do and probably like this question you're asking me now i think a lot of people have sat home and thought you know what i'm quite miserable at my job i've always had this dream of baking sourdough bread and i'm gonna start my own sourdough business actually this is a real example of someone i know um and all these people don't really know where where to go from there um so that's that's why the pandemic has really kind of shaped the the oh, idea yeah. of nurture founders um sorry i've completely I derailed I, from the question i, I, I honestly think i think just in terms of mental health, yeah. just doing something you like. Yes, just, yes. Again, one of the things I figured out along the way is you, you, you're for, you really do think it's based on money and get a house and all that. But I remember working in crappy jobs mm. with a, three or four people that I really liked seeing and then it was easy. Every yeah. day was easy. But if you replace those people with people that are just strangers, it would be a horrendous job. Yeah. So you fix so many things when you just say, okay, so let's just say, uh, uh, Charles, you're pissed off with life, blah, 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 things don't right. And then you meet other people and you'd say, you know, you're trying to find a property, you're annoyed, you know, I should have had this, I haven't got a car, blah, blah. And then you just meet other people and you really like being with them and you start a company and it's really happy. Suddenly all the things about the house and the car mm, fall away. seems good. Because you're, the main thing's fixed. Yeah. If you haven't got that main thing fixed about being happy in life and getting up and going, I haven't got any money, but I'm going to do podcasts every week and you know, getting a little bit of money, but I like being there, then everything else gets fixed. And considering how many hours a day you spend in your work. But basically, yeah. so my end goal is really to provide a space where people feel empowered to run their own business. People feel empowered to do what makes them happy. I want to live in a world where most people I meet are happy because they're doing something good. They're doing something they want to do. They're, they're running a startup or they're working from them for themselves. And 
wealth is a little better distributed. Yeah. Um, so that that would be my end goal. That's what I want to achieve. Um, but it, it's funny because the the one thing that does fix most things is being happy going to work every day. Yeah. You know, you then you got relationship and all that, but. It's the one thing people don't fix. They and try having, and buy their way out of happiness. And- having a purpose. Having a purpose. And I think when you run your own thing, whether it's literally baking 10 sourdoughs a week, doing a podcast or being, you know, a manicurist or running a massive startup, as, as long as it's, it's your purpose, this is like, I wake up, this makes me happy. I want to be doing it because I'm happy to provide. This is, this is, what I'm living for sort yeah. of thing. This is why I've placed I don't here. know how human beings operate without any goals. Mm. I mean, look, if you're just going to be a builder and that's the thing, there's no goal. It is what You just have to resign yourself to the fact that's just what it is. But if you, there's no, you, you, like, that, like you said, purpose, right? What am I trying to achieve here? Right, that has to be there. I have to see that. Because life moves you around. It's like yeah. being, it shifts you around. And if you don't keep, if you're in, out in the sea and you haven't, you're not looking at where you're going, you just go around in circles yeah. and you go, but that's most people's lives. They sort of think they want something. I want to get a house and the, the kid. And the, you know, you go, the, but you're all over the place. You don't know what you're doing. You know, the really famous Alice in Wonderland quote that I no. absolutely love. Um, let me see if I get it right. So basically uh, Alice says to the rabbit, I think, yeah. you know, which, which road should I take? And he says, well, it depends on where, where you're going. And Alice says, well, I don't know where I'm going. And the rabbit says, well, it doesn't matter which road you take then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. I, I don't know how, how do people get up every day? Not knowing I'm trying to achieve those things that week, that month to get to that thing there. Well, I, I suppose a lot of people like life gets in the way, doesn't it? And it really does. Um, and a lot of people end up in positions. A lot of people end up in jobs, living places, married with kids, well, and, like they, and they don't really realize. Say, it. And they're like, not, and like lots of people, especially this is why people have midlife crisis because they yeah. suddenly go, "Oh, like I, I don't remember actually ever like completely." No, do you know what? Uh, I've got no sympathy for people. Pre- I'm sick to death no, of no, seeing people that well, I know is... getting married too early. They get engaged. The hotel, the photograph of the, the entire land and the ring, and then they get married. <laughs> then they move in, and they're in their twenties, and then they have the kid because somebody else has had a kid four years before them, and now they've got a mortgage. You're thirty. Don't do nothing until you're thirty. Don't do a bloody thing. You don't know anything. Okay, I'm politically I, I correct. So, I mean, I... <laughs> you're an idiot before thirty. You don't know yeah. a bloody thing. After twenty-five, you start to become a bit of a human being you know nothing you're not you so but don't do a blood don't go up a ladder you can't get down i don't if you've got if you're 35 <laughs> but that's what they do they get on a career path well and it starts from school get your gcts right uni what do you want to do how do you know what you want to do when you're 18 it's, it's mental so you get on a ladder you want to go and do that oh well i'll do that and i come out and i'll get that job and you go, well, i don't really want to do it because i wanted to be a you know an airline pilot but now i'm sort of working in an accountancy firm oh well i have to get that money well i'm 25 i need to get a property I can't leave the job. What I do is I do it in two years. Oh, I've got a car now. Oh, I've got a poor house payment. Oh, I met somebody. Oh, she wants to move in together. Uh, but, but, and you go, oh, now I'm 30. You go, yeah, you'd like, you, you were, you're mentally abused. From but your- we, we live in, in a society that supports the system. This is like, this is what you see. This is what your parents have done. You go to university, you have your massive student debt, then you have to kind of get a job to pay that off. And there's, you don't see people... I mean, now more and more you do, but uh, us growing up, we didn't see that many people having a startup, doing, yeah, you know, following their story. dream, yeah. you know, and then It was almost like you had to be a nutter. It was always some yeah. weirdo that yeah. didn't follow the rules. Yeah. And um, 
but but this is this is um why the this current period this corona period has been uh, uh so interesting because it has given people a, a pause you know they have been able to press the pause button but like not like dvd pause but like vhs pause you know where everyone was just kind of like <laughs> shaking shaking around yeah. the line yeah the lines <laughs> um what uh, eddie is are called uh le cucaracha mode because <laughs> it looks like everyone's oh, like doing it. a little oh, funky i'm gonna have dance. that song in my head all day now <laughs> anybody under 25 ain't got a bloody clue what you're talking about vhs cucaracha <laughs> eddie is art <laughs> yeah even eddie is art yeah it's like whoosh, yeah showing my showing my old my oldness um but yeah, it's given people a time to stop and think and pause. Yeah. And a lot of people have have sort of thought, you know what? I don't. I I think I could be doing better things. I think I I could be happier. I think I could. All of a sudden, you know, I think I, I could change things in my life. And you know, and maybe as I said, lots of people are thinking, I don't really want to go back to that job. Yeah. You know, I, I don't want to go back to that work. I'm sick of that. I'm not happy. It's not doing. It's not going anywhere. They're probably going to get rid of me anyway, so why not mm. look for something else? And there's, there, there, there is starting to be a lot of turnover. I mean, a lot of people are unfortunately losing their jobs. There is a lot of turnover as well. A lot of people are sort of quitting or sort of not answering the phone yeah. or whatever, as yeah. much. You know what I mean? They're sort of like, eh, well, maybe I don't know if I'll come back. Um, so I think there's going to be a lot of turnarounds in the in the job market. Um, hopefully, there will be jobs for people to find eventually. Um, I think. I mean, I, I who knows, but uh, I think hopefully that the troubles, the economic troubles we're having, are a short-term thing. I think in the medium term, I. But it's not going to bounce back to what it was. Things the society uh, has now changed uh, online. Uh, now everybody using the video cameras online. Yeah. That's it's shifted. Yeah, it's forced itself off the tracks. There, there certainly has been a big shift. I mean, if you look at um, like the film industry, for instance. Yes. Yeah. Um, What's going to happen there? You you know you're. A, a film background film <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah um well um the the the, the big news is that they're pushing uh tenant what's that tenant is basically the christopher nolan big christopher nolan blockbuster yeah that was due to come out i think over the summer beginning of the summer hmm. obviously it wasn't it's been pushed back pushed back it's coming out in cinemas um i think next no i think on friday um I don't know how big the release is because I still think China's the uh, cinema's closed. China, some states in America, they're closed. clubs have opened in Wuhan, though. Nightclubs. So. <laughs> Nightclubs. Does it, it doesn't need to be open. That's the yeah. last thing that should be open. I, I've, I've I, seen some pictures where it's just full on, thousands of people in a nightclub in Wuhan. So it must. Have... People in America have been marching against wearing masks. You know, like those human beings exist. Like we're we're back to the Corona talk. Unavoidable. But how about film production? Yes. In... Um, well, t Tenant is the is going to because it looks good mm. and it's Christopher Nolan, big uh, thing. It's got uh, uh, Robert Pattinson in it. And have you got shares in this film? <laughs> it's the only film that's <laughs> come out oh, in like <laughs> seven to six months. Right. It's been that and Money Plane. <laughs> <laughs> and uh aquaslash that's <laughs> been like but what's your point about the film um well, well this is the litmus test i think oh right okay really to see because there's two things as well mulan was going to come out the the big budget live action remake of mulan was going to come out that was uh it's a chinese folk story it's going to be big in china it's disney's mm -hmm. sort of like uh pitch to say we're we're making internationally aimed films mostly aimed at china um so that was going to be their big uh, uh big toe in the water Again, that got um, kiboshed. That's coming out on the uh, video on demand. 
So they've got so, them coming so, out. So there's well, there's two there's two paths. Is the cinema going to work? Is Tenant going to make a billion dollars? Yeah. Tenant is no. going to have to make. Is they I mean, the big question is, are cinemas a thing of the past? This one, which is quite one sad. Yeah. Because uh, they, they, they were already on the way out with yeah, streaming yeah, yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah. They were already kind yeah. of on the way out. We already we did have a few big blockbusters at, at uh, Avengers Endgame last year. You know, we had some some massive tentpole films, mm. but the the mid the mid range films have been dying off for a very long time. The the the, the, the you get ultra low budget, huge budget, and and those that kind of mid range, that kind of fifty million dollar to yeah ninety hundred those those films. Have really been going. Yeah, straight. it might They've just been be one Netflix. of these sort of Avenger types that stuff that people are definitely going to go and see. Yeah. We're yeah. putting it on that. Yeah. We're just going to run that, and you go there to see the spectacle. You're not going to go there to see a rom rom com. So no. um, no. I mean? maybe a smaller art house, a small kind of you know yeah, a French film or something. Yeah. yeah, you go see. You go to see the smaller you know art house. But, uh, yeah, and spaced out, but you're paying more. Do you know, it's an event to go to the cinema again. Yeah. It's going to cost you 50 quid yeah. to go and see something, but you're going to get the Avengers all. But, um, I mean, it's oh. crazy in this country, like the candy, which I, I'm guessing they're going to stop with the, you know, the pick and mix now because yeah. of COVID. But, you know, the candy and the popcorn and it's like a popcorn and a soda is like 10 pounds. It's <laughs> offensive. I knew somebody. She, she said <laughs> I bring it, my own, you know. Yeah, in like, my, I have my little used picnic. To, we used to strap like uh, Burger Kings to us. <laughs> and like a round beer. belt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looked like we're smuggling. Honestly, it looks like we're going through customs. <laughs> With like a couple of, <laughs> couple of kilos on us, um, we had used to have like beers, like in our beers, coats. beers. Yeah, well, I'm not, I'm not going like two hours yeah. without a couple of beers. <laughs> uh, you know, got to, got to wash down my Burger King or something. You know, so got to take the taste away. Yeah. <laughs> Rinse my mouth out. We alcohol off. We just come in. We just come in with all this, the all this yeah. stuff, and just literally have like a little picnic. Yeah, <laughs> just a trolley underneath. <laughs> your I nearly got thrown out a couple of times, but that's yeah, a friend of mine said years ago. She said, "Oh, oh would they search you in this in North?" london what because there's a sainsbury's right downstairs no. and i was thinking but yeah because you're ripping i know where well, i know that i think i know which cinema that well, it's, is well, green i mean it could be any of them because they're, they're all ones that these complex yeah, yeah, yeah but she, i said yeah if if i'm going to cinema and something's a pound downstairs yeah i will give you 150 because I understand and yeah. the cinema. Yeah. But if it's 350, yeah. no, no, no. Now you're just taking it. That's not a, there's no reasonable, that's yeah. ridiculous. So yeah, I am going to bring other stuff in yeah. because you're charging four times the amount. And mm. it's the same stuff. I always get a bit, I always get, if it was like different brand, if it's slightly nicer, but yeah. if I'm buying like, if they charge me like five quid for a can of Coke, I'm like, it's yeah. still a can And it's not even a can. It's the one in the machine that's mixed with water. The mm. the, the gun or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that yeah, doesn't that, cost yeah. anything. And yeah. that one is like four so pounds in yeah. a cinema. And ta a This is a massive pet hate of mine. I really, yeah. I have an issue with it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm planning a, a scene in the comedy for this. We are, we it's are so the ridiculous. reason why cinema is dying out. Well, I always say it's so ludicrous that you've got crisps and things, and like nach nachos or whatever they're called. That's almost like a joke. Why have you put the crunchiest food ever in somewhere that you want? Quite? That's not. That's a joke. Like, Carrot, that is a joke. Carrot sticks, celery. There you go. Knock yourself out. Yeah, okay. that, that, I don't. I want to ask the person. Why did you choose that? Have all the foods in the world? Why did you choose that? Popcorn that, and nachos. So you have to see people waiting for a sort of a loud bit in the movie before they eat, and it's end up watching them thinking, "Well, when's he going to eat?" I love the rustling where you wait. Yeah, <laughs> there's a car chase. There's car, car chase. chase. <laughs> car chase. Right. Rustle, 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 rustle. So it's like a that's that's the that's the worst food you can come up with, and you've chosen. Oh, maybe it's to do with cheap. Is it? No, it's not been more cheap. I mean, than. I there's a couple of cinema. I really love the Electric in Notting Hill, for example, oh, yeah. and they serve food, but with real cutlery. 
which is lovely, but it's so annoying because you know, like cutlery, yeah. it's like quite a ding, yeah. ding, ding there. Here's my thing: we've got to stop eating all the time. <laughs> like, why do you need to? You're out in the cinema. Why? It's like that's no. I mean, you laugh. Charlie like, needs beers. Yeah. yeah. If, yeah. if I on. was to say to you, right. Yeah, we're going to skip ahead in the future. Guess what? They're serving dinner on the buses. You go, it's not needed. It's not needed in the cinema. That's not, you can go without food for an hour. If you have to eat in the cinema, you've got issues. An hour, you can do without it for an hour. No, I have to eat while I'm here. You're not at home. Put your shoes back on. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you know you want to. No, you've you want to drink a beer and take your shoes off. And, and I, I think it's quite annoying with flights now because I think they might start removing service on flights, and that's a, I like. I love you know the airplane food. How nice is that? It's it's just that <laughs> feeling of travel. I think over it's finished. Eight hours. I, I don't travel. I don't travel in any airline that gives me anything. So like, <laughs> no, but they give me a clip round the ear and say. <laughs> yeah, so I don't like the sandwiches you have to buy. That's no fun. When you actually get a meal, well, you're not going to get a meal anymore, are you? Except for yeah. maybe long haul. I listened to a marketing uh, show once. Oh god, it's years ago, and he was talking about. Um, uh, how human beings are affected by marketing and certain mm. things like that. And he went off on different tangents, but he was saying um, they, they when Concord were going yeah. bad, they got a load of people in and say, right, how do we save the, we've got to make cutbacks, we've got to make cutbacks. Yeah. And um, they um, they tried to, obviously it's a lot of it's to do with fuel, like the mm. weight of fuel, so they tried to lessen the fuel without, yeah. because it's Concord, you still got to have a certain standard. Yeah. Even down to they changed the cutlery. Mm. So what they did is they got more expensive cutlery that was very light, yeah. very metal. Yeah. And people were complaining that they didn't like the food because there was something in the, the weight of the cutlery was making you feel like if you've got a big heavy fork. Yeah. And even though it's more expensive, the cutlery, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. thinner and lighter. Yeah. People were saying the food was cheaper uh, and it was the same food. Just just something as simple as that. The weight of the cutlery made the theatre of eating, yeah. made you feel like it wasn't right. This was the guy that said, he, he said, uh, so he would get headhunted by companies to say, look, and this happens quite a lot where something's not selling, mm. but a lot of money's been involved. So what they do is say, we can't scrap it. So um, let's get somebody in who can remarket it yeah. and just, and you just resell the same thing. Yeah. And it was, I can't remember the names, but it was like a, there was an African blow salmon or something like that. No, but African blow oh, I can't remember. The name. It was an African blow something fish okay. and it was very expensive. Mm -hmm. And he came in and he said, he went away with it and looked at it and he said, it's related to the salmon very loosely. Mm. So they changed it to the sort of Moroccan something salmon. Okay. And then they sold out. Yeah. yeah just yeah. because of the wording, the yeah. African Moroccan salmon, it, yeah, legally yeah. it could be classed as a salmon. Yeah. And that sold out. Yeah. And he was the one that got brought in by uh, Pot Noodle. Because oh, wow. they said, like, how do we remarket to make it better yeah. than it is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he got in. And I think How can we make people eat this? Crap? Yeah, and I yeah. think it was the Australia. You got him to do Australia, and um, he said, uh, he said, I went away with all the paperwork. He said, I was looking. He said, there's nothing. In, he said, they couldn't think of anything to sort of the something in here, protein. Yeah. He said, so he ended up just having to go look. The advert was look. It's bad food, but it's the best tasting bad food. Yeah. If yeah. you're going to go for bad food, this is the it's best tasting bit, yeah. one. And they just went with that because he said there's nothing in it that's good. Go, oh. Come on, mate. <laughs> it's just it's, crap. it's only about quid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's that's about it. You go. Well, it's, it's too easy. You go when you can't be bothered. It's really well. Sick. Even that. Can I mean, you put on a kettle? 
you cooked it basically. <laughs> the fame um, Edward Bernays, a famous advertising guy, they got in. Um, he was a sort of guy that would come in for cigarette companies and oil. Mm -hmm. You know, he's one of those sort of blokes you go to. Um, Madman style. Yeah, I mean, he, I always remember that there was a book, and even he was like eighty when you think you become a bit more retrospect, looking back in life and thinking. Did I do the right thing? Mm -hmm. Even at 80, before he died, he said, people are fucking idiots. He just telling you, they're idiots. What do you want me to say? He's like, he just thought, no, they're stupid. And um, he was brought in for, I think, um, uh, he brought, you know, like fast, um, like a fry up for your breakfast, like bacon, sausage and all that. English mm. Which English is breakfast. the worst thing to have first thing in the morning. Yeah. He was brought in. It was a baking company. And what he did is he just went around to, all, I think went to like 300 and something doctors and said, would you eat break? Baking in the morning, fried foods, and they were like, no, 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 no. And he just found three that mm -hmm. said yes. Yeah. And he said, doctors said bacon. And that's how the whole thing of eating fried food first thing in the morning, because of that, he's one that got in about the cigarette company, I think I've mentioned it before, where um, the uh, it wasn't the done thing in, what was it, like the 30s for like women to smoke in public. Yeah. You still see it in films. It's, it's an yeah. unusual thing to yeah. smoke in public. It became very risque yeah. to have a woman smoking in film, but it was one of the done thing. But the, the the cigarette companies, it must have been Mul it might have been Marlborough, the early ones. Um, they said, well, half the community aren't being, you know, not making money They're out. Not of being them. targeted. So yeah. they got him in. Yeah. Uh, oh no, it must have been way before that. Yeah, because it was the women's right voting, and so they were suffragette. Maybe. Yeah, all that sort. Of, so um, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> all, that, all that, all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. So um, the, he come in and he said, well, let's fund them. Because mm. they're saying women aren't allowed to do this, women aren't allowed to vote, yeah, women aren't allowed to smoke. Mm. So let's fund their marches, give them cigarettes as a way of saying like "f you" as an empowerment. Yeah. 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 So they, they called yeah. them freedom sticks, yeah. and they sure. would do the marketing. Yeah. Freedom stick. Look at women smoking in public. We don't care anymore. Yeah, but they're funding it, and you want to go? Oh. So now they're all dying as well. Well done. But I mean, it's clever. You've got to give it to the guy. Yeah, I mean, he does. Yeah, yeah. but that's the thing. Yeah. He just said, well, people are bloody stupid. So we fund these things, call yeah. them freedom sticks. So mm. we're marching for freedom. You can't tell us what to do. Yeah. But then. And then 100 years later, they, well, they're uh, dying as many as men. You go, oh, well, well done. That, that's great. Well, I, was, I was thinking, it reminds me of uh, when they uh, renamed French fries to freedom fries, didn't they? During Why? The, during the Iraq okay. War. Beginning of the Iraq War, for, uh, France was very um, uh, anti and. Uh, uh, America and Britain going oh, okay. in. I think they did they veto. I think they might have vetoed in the UN. Um, so all of a sudden, there's a lot of anti-French sentiment as well, saying, "Oh, cheese, uh, cheesy, cheese-eating surrender monkeys." Oh. And some places changed French fries to freedom fries oh. to make it more. I patriotic. thought you were going to say it's like when the Berlin Wall fell when McDonald's went in there and like, you're, you're free, <laughs> mate. You're free to get I remember fat. that was a big deal when uh, yeah. when when the Soviet Union uh, collapsed and became a uh, Russian Federation or whatever. It was the transitionary period, I think. Um, it was a big deal when McDonald's opened up in Moscow. Mm. Yeah, and they, I remember because they had queues of like literally mm. miles, like miles and miles. Well, I can tell you, having you know lived my first nine years in a communist country, well, it was transitioning from a communist country then. So Ceausescu, when did he go fall? No, uh, eight, December '89. So I was oh, only okay. one and a half years yeah. then. But the that sort of post-communist society is still there today. You know, the thinking of McDonald's is freedom. I think the first McDonald's opened like 94 or something. I remember my mom taking me like, oh, you know, this is, yeah. this is like, this is the West. Yeah. This is the future. This is America. This is what we strive for is that dream that, yeah. um, and still today, I mean, people go meet up at McDonald's. You go meet your mates and have, 
lunch or dinner at McDonald's, you go have a coffee at McDonald's. It's it's a very sort of respectable place to meet, and they're everywhere, and they're packed. McDonald's is it's not just a place you go grab, but you go and sit there. You spend your time there. So I think it's still you know brands that people strive for because that's that w- what was forbidden before. But yeah, have you uh, se- you've seen the film, the McDonald, the start, the the founder with yeah. Michael Keaton. Yeah, oh, I've no, seen I have, it. Yeah, yeah. No, I have. Yeah, it's on yeah. Amazon. He basically stole the company from underneath other people. Yeah, uh, when I always that think, happens a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I know anything that's that. anything that's like how it started. That that I think that echoes through the company. How something came together. If it was a poison from the start, I remember um, there was a documentary. I think it was Channel Four years ago, and it was about if the devil. I think I've mentioned this again. Um, if the devil was on the earth, like what would he be doing? Who would he be? Mm. And uh, Hitler was set number seven. <laughs> like to think of that, because you have to think more broadly. You have to think like generations. If the, he wouldn't, the devil wouldn't just come here and try and kill a few people in a war. He'd want to do something that was so horrendous. I, l- I love in my in my head. I was thinking, yeah, I probably think Hillary Clinton's probably high. No, <laughs> no Hitler's seven, and um. Oh, but Stalin killed a lot more people than Hitler. Yes, that's what I mean. Yeah. So it's if, if you were the devil, you go. I'm just here to kill as many people for as long as I can, not just start a few wars and then it's over. Um, and uh, so, uh, for, I don't know if you actually mentioned. I think he did. It was McDonald's. Mm. Um, why? Because obviously a lot of kids are fat, all that sort of obesity and all that. But it was one of the first that said you don't have to. Um, uh, you don't have to sit down and have a meal, which mm. you, you never took food or out of a restaurant. That was a very low level thing to do. You would yeah. never walk away with food. You always yeah. had to sit down. The burger was cooked, yeah. even if it's far as it's brought to you. Yeah. And um, but he said what it did is it created the hyper palatable food, which was created in the eighties, really late eighties, where they realised if you mixed um, fat and sugar and mm. salt at a certain level. You can keep eating it. Your body it tricks your body. It's called hyperpalatable food. Mm. Whereas if I give you a load of sugar, which is supposed to be oh, low like sugar, you can't eat a load of no, raw sugar. A bag yeah. of sugar. If I give you a, a spoonful of fat, you yeah. can't. But what yeah. happens when you mix the two? You get cheesecakes and milkshakes. Yeah. yeah, they they you you're eating it, but you don't fill up, so you just mm. feel sick. Mm. So those got created. So what they did is they 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 created a food that was easy, so it, it played on your laziness. Yeah that now just gets pumped into you from a child yeah. before your DNA is, you, you, you're not eating salads. That's your first thing that you can't yeah. come back from. And then that then sprouted out into other things with fast food and blah, 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 and people mm. eating crap and what. Mm. And then that over generations, mm. I think that was like number four. Like yeah. that, that's what you'd create to hurt people and cause pain yeah. and cure childhood obesity and bullying yeah. and feeling low worth and yeah. what. To, you know, you're abusing children with that sort yeah. of stuff. And um, then I think the number one was um, he would say he, the, the, if the devil came back to cause as much pain as he could for as long as he could, he would have been the Marlborough family that started the cigarette companies, which then, you know, they, mm. they own a lot of companies. And he said, because he'd be addictive and it would go on for generations and it just spread through the nicotine, blah, blah, blah. They've got hundreds of millions of bodies on them. Like hundreds of millions. Millions just oh the yeah. pain in every yeah. ward and cancer. You go, that's who they'd be. They'd be right. those comp and that still exists now. You think that that still exists, like that you can still go and get them now. I was I was I was thinking the other day about cigarettes, as mm. I do as I do sometimes. And uh just having these flights of fancy in my head. 
Um, and uh, I, I was thinking, because uh, the usage has gone down dramatically mm. in the past five, six years, really since they've upped the tax on this a lot. So, I mean, these policies are actually having an effect, I mean, a real, real effect. And I could see it maybe d dying out in a couple of generations, I think, maybe. Well, it has to be like drink driving. It has to be socially unacceptable more than anything. So we police ourselves. I mean, in, in Sweden, it's pretty much socially unacceptable. You can't do it in any outdoor uh, sort of uh, terrace or anything yeah. like that. You have to stand Yeah, I remember in America five saying meters you, you can't from smoke a, on the beaches yeah. and people are like, oh, you can't yeah. tell us what to do. No They're beaches, no parks, no public. Yeah. So basically, you can smoke on your balcony or at home. Anything. Even then, yeah. it'll be like you can smoke in home, but you can't have somebody that's a non-smoker. You can't have a child yeah. under sixteen, yeah. under yeah. eight, a baby, yeah. and then it eventually just gets weeded out. So I do. I think it's going to die out as well. It's Probably. it's it's a culture. I mean, what were people doing before? They were on a bunch of other stuff, right? You know, it's yeah. it's, it's well, cocaine used to be legal. Well, the prescription stuff. I mean, if you want to get involved in like America and like mm. things that should be banned, the prescription drugs. Have you guys are... seen the documentary, The Pharmacist? No, no, about the oxycotin scandal. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. yeah. Highly no. recommend. The oxy, it. what they call it, the oxy. Uh, oxycotin? No, the oxycotin. Yeah, no, no, hillbilly heroin or whatever. It's called. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it's a prescription drug. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's just called hillbilly it's heroin. A pain, it? It's a pain yeah. relief it's a, thing. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. Well, they were all drinking the cow pole over there, weren't they? they were, was it cow pole? Yeah, they're buying uh, it up on mass. You can only buy one bottle at a time. Uh, there, there, there's that stuff that Trump's got draws of as well. Um, there we go. Mention Trump. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't got a Trump jingle yet. I know. No, we, we need to have a, a timer, basically, like an ongoing time. We can reset. No mention of Trump in. Three, I, I, three I listened to the, the the Mary Trump book. Um, oh, God. Um, you realize, like. The whole family's poisoned. Like everyone in the family's poisoned. You do understand where he's. Well, even from. her, whatever. She was. So she was a young and the niece. She was like yeah. growing up. So the father, Fred Trump, and the brother Trump, and all that. Mm. The dad. It was. You realize how he got to where he did. The brother died. Was that her dad? His dad was. An, his brother was an alcoholic. Yeah. No. But, no. But her, the his other brother died a couple of days ago. Oh right. Was that, recently, was that yeah. her father? Uh, oh god, I don't know now. Oh no, the father died. That was the other Fred Trump. Oh, that was the... The, the alcoholic, alcoholic died from okay, alcoholism. Yeah. But he basically got outed by the... Com the, the uh, he had his own mind. So he was like, I don't want to be doing this like this thing. But the dad was basically... He fueled his career in the beginning. I've seen a documentary about yeah, him. So well, the, yeah, so the, 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 the dad was basically a sociopath. Like, he was just dead inside. I think he was a sexual repression. She said there was one point at a table and she didn't understand why the mother, Fred Trump's wife... Um, uh, had a bump and she, she asked why is your belly big and he said like in unison the, the dad Fred Trump and the mum just got up and just walked away from the table he said like, it's like a Victorian level of you don't talk about certain repression things. yeah oh real repression the dad so Fred he wanted to sort of he wasn't into the company thing and his dad being a sort of psychopath wanted a sort of another lunatic that didn't give a shit about people to be as reserved and ruined as he was and um, he said uh uh, he he wanted to go off and do his own thing. So he wanted to become an airline pilot. Mm. And his dad was like, couldn't believe that he wanted to be an artist. We told him he wouldn't get any money from him. And he's like, but I want to go and do something. I want to go and actually achieve something on my own. He mm. became an airline pilot for like Pan Am. At that's, the time. Yeah, that, that's not a bad but the family I want to be a surgeon. You yeah. to, no, you're going to the real estate business. Like, just <laughs> like your brother. The dad basically, the, and the mum even turned against him, said like, you're ruining this, your dad, this and that. And his dad just was shouting at him once. He said like, you're just a glorified bus driver. That, that's how he looked at him trying to do his own thing wow. and then young donald came up behind him who was basically an idiot 
Like he didn't know how to do anything. He couldn't be bothered to do anything. But his dad realized, oh, he lies a lot. And then Trump growing up realized that I don't have to tell the truth because I just get what I want anyway. You can see from early early interviews when he's young, he talks the same way he talks yeah, so now. He's, just, he's completely delusional. He's a child. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, and what is then when he he was just going around lying and it was working, hmm. he would ask his dad things and his dad would be like, well, just carry on doing what you're doing. But he realized he was working, stupid. He couldn't yeah. do anything. But what happened is he said, this is what she's saying, because she's a PhD psychologist. She said... Um, he kept failing it. He couldn't do anything. He didn't stick with anything. He wouldn't tell the truth even when he didn't have to lie. So everything he touched turned to shit. But his dad didn't like people looking at him badly because it reflected on him. So he would pay for him to get out of things. So then Donald then realized, well, then nothing I do matters. And then he saw his brother Trump becoming an alcoholic, being ousted because he wanted to do his own thing. So he just thought, well, I'm just going to stick with my dad's company, be given jobs that don't require me to do anything, mm. get money. But he kept fucking everything up. But then when it became the 80s and he started to be, basically be a showman, um, his dad then jumped on the bandwagon of that. So all the big companies that were failing, his dad was just having to borrow money to fund his failed companies one after the other. And he said, but he would remove them from the companies because he, anything he touched turned to crap. So his dad was basically, up until the eight, late 80s, was doing all the work behind the scenes. When his dad basically made money because he had cronies in the council, so he was getting funding. You know, socialism yeah. for the rich, as always. Yeah, and then he the wasn't rich. paying any taxes. But then when the they old... all got removed, yeah. the, the, when Fr Fred Trump's cronies in the government got removed and he was getting all these bonds and th uh, uh, freebies, he never started a company again because he couldn't, because he was actually bad. He was just getting all this money from the government because his mates weren't there. So then that then led on to Trump um, getting all the basically bankrupted his dad because he was just his dad was just paying for him to yeah. fail company after company the first company he went out on his own to do was the Taj Mahal and then that failed because mm. he didn't have his dad didn't know nothing about casinos yeah. so that then failed I know but then, that, that's that's kind of spectacular and then they got the how do you lose money in a casino yeah I mean, they say, but he's they one spent of the only so guys. much money building that thing though didn't they so true and didn't he famously buy like the casino across the road as well Yes. He bought the competition. And so he owned two casinos literally within about 50 yeah. meters. Yeah. And it's well, just because like, well, he, he, that was when he, the, the sort of cheese slipped off the cracker mentally for him because he was just gold plating everything needlessly yeah. Yeah. without going, I don't know how to run. But that's but his then life. He got Ivana Trump to run one of them. Yeah, she was involved in a lot of his business. Yeah. But the, the, the thing was, that he, he didn't understand, like she said, he doesn't understand a business has to be run. What he does is he moves in with a load of money, talks about it, talks about it, talks about it. That's enough for me. Then just walks away mm. and goes, well, now I'm going to talk about something else. Is that level He's of shit. man. He's yeah, but there's the nothing. He doesn't run anything. And when his dad but died. how has he got away with it Because when so his long? dad died, he then realized he could sell the name. Mm. And that just caught on. So everything he has is selling a name. He got, he, he, he in his autobiography which was an autobiography he talks about the there was an ice rink being built in new york oh yeah and um it wasn't getting built on time and he just come in didn't know anything i'm gonna get it done because he was just showmanship i'm gonna get it done blah, blah blah and he went to a company and said look if you um you, you get your blokes to work you you pay for it just do it all for free and the, the branding of what you've done well you'll get more money and the bloke went all right we'll, we'll get it all done and put it on a double time and all that 
And then when it was done, he just walked away and said, oh, I did that. And yeah. then sued the guy. And so I've you seen in, talk in, about in, in, in the documentary I saw, right, that the owner of that company was so upset. He was yeah. he had been Well, a lot over. of his buildings is him going in, talking about the building that's not his. It's just mm. his name. Talks about it, that it's his. Gets people to do the work, then walks away. The amount of cu- family businesses that were crippled because mm. he wouldn't pay them. Yeah. He'd fight them in the courts and then just say, well, I've got 10 lawyers. Who are you? Mm. And then just before Christmas, say, instead of giving you the 2 million that we owe you, we're going to give you 50 grand, but you can't talk about it. And do you want the money? It'll be in your account three days or you're going to fight us in court for 10 years. Mm. And he crippled family company after family company. And all his whole life is just selling stuff and moving on not even running the company and we live in a world where this person has been celebrating and is now the president of america well they, mean, they, they say in his if you ever want to know what society is like you don't worry about all the books you just go back and look at who they held up as their celebrities at the time that mm-hmm. tells you so if we are looking at a trump and a, what's the other kardashian things and all that you go Kanye west yeah, yeah. you go right that's you don't need to know about the the study of the society. You just go who raised That's up to the top. Yeah. And if you've got hollow, vacuous sociopaths who just have photographs of them and talk, yeah, that's what we live in in 2020. That's what society is. Uh, uh, typically, we say a uh, history. You know, people say uh, history may not judge this period um, kindly in retrospect. But I think currently we're not judging it very kindly. So heaven knows what like people. I mean, we're like, yeah, this is a bit of a mess, isn't it? Like, what's what's going on with that? that that's well, that's no, crazy. Like a, I think I'm saying in 20, 30 years, when you know, when the history books were well, 40, 50, 100 years, when the history books are read, people will go. Everyone seems to have lost their mind <laughs> for about five years. Hopefully they. Hopefully we'll get it back. No, soon. I said to what we do the show. I want people to know that we weren't all blood idiots. That were the people inside at record. the time it's going. I'm in a cartoon. Yeah. Like I'm actually in a cartoon. <laughs> I'm like a no- I'm like, it's the it's the Lauren Hardy. You know, I'm um, Oliver Hardy. Like I'm the normal one. But if the world's full of freaks, you're the freak. You're the only one that's going to be stressed. And that's what it feels like. like if you're a normal human being with dignity and you're not addicted <laughs> to social media, it's not, it doesn't r- rule your life. It's like there's something wrong with you. Like mm. you're, you're the freak. Yeah. Um, I, with all that, I, I, I remember I tried, sometimes I try to have um, conversations with um, uh, my family members who haven't had their brain rotted by the internet right. <laughs> and try to, trying to explain like sort of controversies or who people are. Mm. You're like, <laughs> you get halfway through it and they're like no no frame of reference i have no idea you're just saying words yeah, i have, I have, no, I have no idea what, what what this means I, I don't know what you know but even like yesterday when i was in the gym and there's two people there standing up by the machines just looking through the social media which is i always say because you're an athlete you've got to understand that you're sitting inside your body your body's not on your side you've got to you've got to separate the two you've got to know you've got to pull the mechanics of your body mm. you've got to learn what it doesn't do what you do and there's certain things that I have throughout life that I have as markers. Make sure you don't go past that point. That's the like you should be able to stand up and put a sock on without sitting down. You know, that's don't get up. That's a little thing like that. You sh- if, if you can't do that, that's a sign for health isn't going well. And one of them is <laughs> so, what? what you should be able to stand up and put your sock on without having to sit down. I've noticed that when you get to a point where you have to sit down to put your socks on, that's a sign of you need to get a bit healthier i uh, for, for me it's uh when i bend over and i go and, they, and yeah it's that noise. sort of thing go, yeah but that's too poor and then you, you sort of go, yeah that, i mean that's you've gone too far you need to come way back i i got into that for quite a while like and then they start to get quite long they start to go Ugh. 
No, you can't. I even say to people, like, if you're parking... It's going. I'm working on it. Good. <laughs> if you go to a car park, you don't. I don't park in the nearest place. I park in the first and furthest. So mentally, I know. Because that's old age. That's, what's old age? That, that little thing there, spread out everywhere. That thing of, well, I can get a little bit closer. Are you, are you insane? There's a parking space, 40, but you're going to spend 10 minutes trying to get... That's mental. That's proper mental. And um, one of the things is, you should never scroll. Why are you scrolling? That says you haven't got stuff going on in your life. You should. There's ne- I've never in my life gone. What's happening on social media? I've never done that. <laughs> but, and so when I saw somebody doing it, yes, I thought that's a sign. <laughs> For one, you're not paying any attention to what you're doing at that time. Mm. But let's just say you're not trying to pay. You're not trying to do a podcast. You're not doing something. But you should still never be going. Let me just see what's happening. And there's not that is a sign of you need to sort something out. You need goals in life. You need yeah. something. You should never scroll. Why are you scroll? Why would it's like going into the street and going. What's going on out here? You go, what are you doing? And we got nothing to do. It's the, and it sounds like don't scroll. Sometimes you don't. You, know. you either look or what's going on around. If you're on a bus, you don't scroll. You just go, do you know what? I'm just going to take in human beings. I'm going to learn by looking at what people do. I'm not scrolling, not doing Well, okay. If I you... mean, you can technically say that you're looking at what human beings are doing, but in your phone. Um, no, because the, the, that's not reality. That's like, if you're looking at Facebook, that's not yeah. reality. That's a, everyone projection of yeah. a character. That's acting. Yeah. You're not I, seeing I, I normal know, life. If I'm catching the same bus every day, like, I'm, I'm quite happy to escape from reality, mm. to be honest. I, I mean, I, so, like, again, for 20 minutes, I'm quite But I'm, this is what it is. It's, yeah. it's scrolling isn't escaping from reality, yeah. but like, what is okay and where, when has it gone too far? Like, if you're just constantly taking up your phone, oh, I'm going to do half an hour no, of scrolling. You, you, the, the scrolling action itself says there's, there's a problem here. You should feel comfortable. Oh, that was the other thing they said in the, in the book. They said, um, Trump, he said, well, we said before he's dangerous because he knows all his lies he knows his child why he failed at school one of the teachers that died said he was the most stupid pupil he'd ever had like he couldn't do anything and he's like held he sued the school to say you can't release my grades even though I'm, he said he came top of his class like so he knows that's what i said he knows he's a liar he's not a he's not a psychopath in that way where he just is he's, he's completely delusional he knows He's a liar. He, he's aware that he's a liar. So he, that's why he's dangerous. And she said, um, he can't, one of the signs, this is more psychology of her. She said, one of the signs of somebody that's um, uh, internally very insecure is they don't like silence. She said, so he has either got the TV on or he's got four or five people around him from when he wakes up to when he goes to sleep. He said he could not be in a room with nothing happening. And that's a sign of you don't want any internal thought. Yeah. Because that's where all your can't, demons Can't are. let that brain switch. Yeah, into so is that no, how no, no. you're relating the scrolling? Like you need to have something. Okay. So you're talking about spirituality or being a human being. How do you learn? It's, it's in such small things that it's almost, that's not the answer. I'm not going to do that. It's too boring. Like with startup. What's a startup? A startup or a starting a company. Do you know what it is? It's mostly loneliness, boredom being on your own, sacrificing and having no money. That's what it is. Mm. You go, oh, I don't want that. No, that, that's what it is. I'm sorry you don't want that. Yeah. So the scrolling is just one of the things I have in life where you go, why am I not thinking about something I'm supposed to be doing? Like, why have I got time to go? It, if you just imagine it, you again, mental games, you have to go, okay, scrolling. If somebody's there and they start scrolling, that's you getting up 
where are you going? I'm just going to go and uh, look in the street and see what people are doing. Mm. Oh, are I find doing? it so repulsive when people sit on their phone, like if you're having a drink or you're having dinner But this is together, the thing like we are talking about. It drives it, me mad. If it's super serious, if it's like, oh, my mum's in hospital, I just need to keep an eye. Oh, you know? no, no. But, course, I, I know, that, that, course, that's course. Yeah. But when people are just like, when people are driving in their car and like, I just see well, in them. In the gym, just, I see people on the machines look, and you go, I don't know where to start there. You're not taking, you're not taking the, the workout. You're not there where you're working out. You're, you're mentally. They're somewhere. probably there to take pictures to show that. they've No, not even that. <laughs> even there are rules that maybe it's a business. You do thing, Instagram, whatever. Mm. If you're just some kid scrolling, I've said to you before, you're not you. You're only held in place by your experiences. Okay. It's one thing I found out through life going backwards and forwards. Oh, you're not you. You're just what's going on around you. And you're an absorption of all that. People don't realise how much. So if it's you're just, energy. Right? Yes, if you're if you're just sitting there scrolling, that says if you step back, you've got nothing going on in life. If you had anything going on, you wouldn't go. Oh, I'm just going to go and stand in the street and look around like that's. And if you're at the gym, then you're not training really. You're not training. You're here, but you're not training because why would you be scrolling? Where are you? In where is your brain at yeah. this time? So the scrolling action again as a mental trick says oh i'm not doing anything right here like if i was at home one day and for some reason i was there and i started scrolling i go oh when did my life like why did i lose my goals like where why am i not thinking about being something because if you were you wouldn't mm. do doing this mm. if you've got things going on in the day mm. you wouldn't have time to because you don't go from being busy to oh, i'm gonna scroll now it's there's nothing going on you walk you haven't got much going on in the day now you sat here the tv's then you scroll. It's the last thing that happens where you go, there's nothing here. What's going on here? So that action should say to your brain, look, your body, oh, my body, my life isn't doing it. Why am I not doing anything? That's an alarm system that goes off. You've got time to scroll. And I don't get, you've got to train yourself out of it. Mm. Why I said I have a watch, which I'm got at the moment. He said, because for a few seconds in the day, just 10 seconds in the day, I don't look at my phone. For I don't see my phone. Mm. Just that, for doing that 10 times a day, means for 10 seconds more i'm not looking at that phone yeah and you got and it's just as i said before you've got a remote look at things in seconds and things and the the big things are easy don't eat a load of shit food every day but train every day don't look at your phone make your phone uh, an extraneous thing to your life it's not in charge of me i'm not bothered what other people i don't know what celebrities do that's irrelevant to my life and to be honest it makes you feel so good and makes you come closer to people yeah. i've uh, recently been on holiday in um, a family friend's house um older older guy who just doesn't believe in phones so he doesn't own a phone he's good. never had yeah. a mobile yeah. phone he's in his early 70s and because it was his house and we we're all guests there he was he, he was like i don't want to see a phone yeah. i don't want you to take pictures of your dinner there's no phones at the breakfast lunch dinner table What's or at the hangout area um he basically cut off the reception in the house so if good. you did need to work or need to make a phone call you had to go sort of beyond yeah you know, like 100 meters away from the house. And what this meant is that we, I mean, we didn't know that many people there, but we all got so close because we spent so much time together. We spent time talking. Uh, we created that bond that just doesn't exist when you're constantly sitting on your phone scrolling, which yeah. is, like I say, you've got to do it for business these days, especially for yeah, business. Yeah, there's exceptions. Not, not but Luddite, but yeah. it, does, it does go too far. I've seen it go too far where people literally can't have a meal. You can't do it. And I, I personally feel offended. 
when yeah. when somebody like starts to to do it, and it's yeah. the fact that there is a generation that doesn't even know life without the phone. And you go, you you haven't even begun to live. You don't look around at the world. You're not. Mm. There's nothing. You've got no internal strength. Everything mm. is what's going on in this. Machine. I mean, we're losing our compass because of say Google Maps, for example. I found myself sort of. I stood once outside um, St Paul's Cathedral, and I was trying to find St Paul's Cathedral, looking at my phone, and it was literally straight in front of me. It was yeah. so. I mean, that was sort of an aha. But, and here's the thing if you don't use you're, again you're not you you're what's kept on around you your language can fall away your accent can fall away your, your ambitions can fall away. everything can fall like your brain is held in place by repetition that's it and if you're not, not using you sat nav you just rely I, I didn't even know you could walk with a sat nav like i never thought of that you just ask people if you don't interact with human beings mm. those skills of talking to people oh yeah they fall away yeah so now this generation we have are scared of other people. Mm. It's a scary thing to talk to somebody yeah. like, which is a horrendous statement to be able to say about, that you're scared of other people, which you are, you're, you're fearful of other people. Well, I don't need to talk to them, but why don't you just say something? I mean, it's really interesting because now because of the pandemic, for example, in restaurants, you've got to do the QR code to see the menu to order. Oh. So imagine even that interaction is going to go away. Obviously we don't have, supermarket checkout people anymore like there's so many of those yeah, things, so things that are like disappearing going to shop just yeah. tops you up yeah socially so like i mean we really have no idea what's going to happen to interaction but what we do know that. is the mental health thing of not interacting with human beings yeah it's not a little thing we know what's going on with kids with mental health where mm. they're just staring to the screen where they act like a freak show on the camera but outside, they're petrified children that just want to get back into the safety of their bedroom, yeah. lock the door and have my six cameras on me. And if schooling is going to be done from home moving forward, I mean, it's really like... if you like... don't learn from a kid, those synapses don't start to fire and yeah. the neurons about society and yeah. socialising with people... Yeah. You can't come back from that, mate. Your brain doesn't develop in a way where you've been socialized. This is something that I'm quite scared of, but obviously we want to implement technology for the world to move forward. But you, but... We've got this weird thing that like... <laughs> we. <laughs> society has been led by these sort of like nutters and i don't mean that no, i mean like people that can't like the, the 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 steve jobs or the mark zuckerbergs people who couldn't face human being reality so what we'll do is we create a let's create a, a filter between me and people called the computer so let's all communicate through there so we've been deluded into being more like them which is not a good thing well steve jobs famously didn't like buttons so he didn't it, like what? Buttons. Oh. Famously didn't like buttons, thought that... Just, well, he's like... He was a lot, and this a, is like why everything's touchscreen. This is why every, this is why our entire society now is sort of touchscreen and everything's yeah. gone But it's way. this the Zuckerberg thing, like, I can't face human interaction, so I'll create a world where we're, nobody interacts. All like I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't really like that. He wanted to make a, a platform for students. Yeah, yeah I mean, I mean that's right. But I mean... <sighs> I don't want to be like that human being. I would never want his life. But I mean, how can years. we make it all work together? I think because technology is not going to go away. So yeah, no, but this is the thing. They don't want that. They want us sat behind a screen looking at adverts whilst getting an app to play on. But it's, it's being, you, you've got to, you've got to, this, you have to top up your skill. I mean, you're yeah. talking about like the starters thing, the, 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 the nature, uh, nature founders. Mm. Part of that, I'm not being funny should be right you've got to meet people mm. you've got to turn up yeah. that's part of the thing is you need to like if you're going to go to the gym how many times did mm. you actually go to the gym don't care how many videos you watched yeah. i don't care what you did at home yeah. because the skills of you interacting with human beings mm. feeling the energy of a human being no you can't do it through a camera 
you can't do it. It doesn't work. Yeah. I have a lot of people that I've met well, that will come on the podcast, but they'll only do it overseas. And I said, often to do interviews with me. I said, I'm not doing any by the camera. Oprah Winfrey could say, I can interview by camera. I'm not doing it. Because the human, the, the connection yeah. community, is a, it's a thing you're yeah. cutting out. We might as well just write letters to each other. Yeah. You have to be in touch with people. You have to be in, and you have to say, look, like the honesty I always say, Vilich, you've got to, you've got to really dig into to the first problems. And one of them be about doing a startup or doing everything. Say, listen, how are you socially? Are you, because okay? you're going to have to meet, you know, you have to sell things. I know that horrendous thing of having to sell. Yeah. You and as I said, you're not you. You're you're kept in place, and the more you remove yourself, the more you're going to fall back, and you're going to t- twice as hard to try and come back from certain things. Mm. One of them, you need to get out and meet people and sit in front of strangers. That's part of the. Forget mm. any of the founding thing. You got to do that first. Don't yeah. hide behind that computer thinking it's going to be okay. You need to get out and meet people. But that is going away, and you've seen it now. The fifteen or sixteen year olds where they're petrified. And they have, and if you grow up like that, and they, like you said about the schooling, if they're not even getting that school now, so you're not even even at the bedrock of like the synapses. No so I think in, from from a startup point of view, that's something that we need to solve. Like people, we because you say like they want us, like we need to be they. We as everybody have the responsibility to create the world that we want to live in. Yeah. So you know, then start to find solution to make if you, if that we, happen. If we were going to do start, honestly, if I was going to do what you're doing, I'd say, right, we're good with it. we have a meet up once a month or whatever it is. And everyone, <laughs> before you can become a member, you've got to talk about your company for two minutes, five minutes. Don't even do two minutes, do five minutes. Tough. You've got, and three, you've got to question. <laughs> now, I always think just push people over the top. Just go for the full thing. Don't do an easy thing. Yeah. Just say, right, that's part of it. Stand up there. Five minutes. Ready? Beep. Go. Yeah, and just talk, and don't have to do it. And this, you can ask questions. People can ask questions, and then you, which would be, well, it's pointless. Doesn't really do anything. I get what you're doing. Yeah, it's not really, but you don't need to do it. Why am I doing? It? I don't like talking in front of people. But if you do it, it takes care of a lot of other stuff. Mm-hmm. Now that you've done that five minute chat, now it's taking care of a lot of other stuff about phone calls and meeting. Yeah. But because you didn't want to do it, it was pointless enough. But you did it anyway. So that that now you're good to go with a lot of other stuff. Yeah. But to sit behind a computer mate you, 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 you're going through life with like one arm tied behind your back you've got to get out and talk to human beings that's where it all happens I, I said when um all the things I was putting together the, the filming and the, the, not so much the podcast but the magazine and all that getting people to do things when I had no money mm-hmm. so, right? so somebody said block the magazine said that should have cost you about 300 grand for what you did in the 100 page and all the people but it cost you nothing and I said because I realised uh, oh, actually, I was just talking about this other day when we were filming at the Hard Rock, and they said, "How did you get the Hard Rock to give you the thing to film in there?" I said, "Mate, they wanted eight hundred pound an hour to film in there. I mean, it's a Hard Rock in Marleybone or whatever, mm. and I they don't really film. They said they want eighteen hundred pound per hour to it, film in there. Is that even? I mean, uh, I, I can imagine that um, during you know during the opening hours. Was, was that? During... I don't know when the hours were, but that's when I got in contact them. Sort of, yeah, because yeah, I thought yeah, I wanted yeah. that cool thing for yeah. a place we'd come back to. Yeah. And they said, no, blah, blah, And I said, well, but I can't forget, you know, I can't win. I'm, even half of them I'm not going to be able to pay for. But, you know, it's, it's in Marlebone, wherever it is. It's, of course, it's 1,800 quid to film in the, the hard yeah. rock, you know. One the, um, so then I just waited. For, uh, uh, so that was just for email. It was one of the things I learned. And then when it changed management and I saw a good-looking guy, I thought, he looks like he could be an actor, like an American young guy. And I contacted him and he was he done acting. I thought, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. So then I thought, right, don't waste this. So I went down there because I realized through that some time had passed in between. 
it's harder for people to say no to you in person of course. than an email. Yeah. It's not a little thing. It's not a little thing. It's a massive thing. Mm. If I could say, hey, do you mind doing this thing for me? It's so easy to go, sorry, I'm busy. But if yeah. I'm sat here, I'm only saying, And the blah, phone blah. as well. It's it's easier, obviously. Yeah, but even then, they're not looking at you in the eye. Yeah. They, to say it, and it's not going to go, no, I don't want nothing to do with it. And then go, oh, yeah, great. But everything is always a bit 50 mm. 50. Mm. So if I sit down and say, look, I'm doing this thing, blah, 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 I haven't got any money. I'm trying to think, I've got the good guy. Please, can I do that in an email? Would it just be a no? Yeah. But don't waste that. You've got to, you've got to get off your ass if you want to, and go and shove your face in that person's ass because it is literally get off your ass, shove your face in that person's ass. No, but it, get things. It done. would be a rule of it's if you want something from somebody or to get to do something, and you've got a twenty percent chance of it happening. But in person, it's an eighty percent chance of it happening. Mm. The statistic: Do you want to do that thing? Yeah. Then why would you not do that? That makes no, you, surely, yeah, that's just, a, I remember when we did um, uh, Tim Arthur, the, the CEO of Time Out, at the end of the interviews we do for the magazine, he said, uh, right, give us a, a bit of advice that you've learned from all the years. Don't yeah. give us a bullshitty advice and study hard and work crap. Yeah. Something that you would tell yourself, listen, do a bit more of that. Don't be wrong in that. Do something that would actually work. Don't yeah. tell me the, the general stuff. And he said, it's hard to say no to people you like. Mm. Just that, just be there be a, a good person then if it comes to well i don't know well i like that person so all right so that's again a little thing that's actually massive mm. and one of the things is you want something you've got to go and sit in front of somebody it doesn't matter if you could answer the email it doesn't matter if you've got their email right there your phone number and you've got to travel two hours to go well i can't go two hours tough it could be yes or a no do you want yeah. the yes yeah, then yeah. go and sit in front of them because now it's more difficult but just little things like that but that's going away so but, but it, but that's why I said when I was putting the company together, I had to do a, a model that could be, all this stuff could be taught. And there's no genius, there's nothing. It was because I, it, everything was done like a child. What's the easiest, simplest? I don't want to know all the problems I'm going to have in the future. But, you know, I think a lot of people trying to, for example, get something or salespeople or get funding or whatever you're trying to get. If you look at the, I was uh, reading the startup book by uh, Peter Thiel, the guy that started PayPal the other day. And he talks a lot about the 80-20, you know, the Pareto loss rule. Um, so basically, instead of you, your... 80% of what you get out is by 20% of the effort. And this law can be applied in loads of things in, in nature, for example, in 80% of wealth is owned by 20% of people. Like it's everywhere in society when you start looking into it, like look it up. Um, but for example, instead of sending loads of emails, you go that one time face to face yeah. and you're, you know, it's 20% it's of the time of having sent 200 emails to 200 venues and you get out that output yeah. because you put in the right amount of effort yeah. and energy into well, it. When, when it's asked a few times about how I got all those people to do stuff and I'm saying, but you no idea how many people I had to meet. That It didn't matter. I said this before, I had to walk from Hertfordshire into central London because I didn't have the money for it to, to, to get there mm. because I had to meet that person. Well, you could have done it on the phone. I don't know what you're talking about. But that was finishing work, having to walk seven miles in half, you know, I can't turn up in a tracksuit to go and meet somebody for a coffee because it might come to something. Not the investor, just might be a writer for the magazine that probably wouldn't want to do it because they ain't got the money. But 
I couldn't. I could have done it on the phone. No, mm. I, I'll finish work and I'll walk to seven because I haven't got the money for the to get a bus. And again, another little startup story was. I was thinking it was like a le- half ten, quarter to eleven. I got there late, and I was in Leicester Square, and I lived in Hertfordshire. And I thought I ain't got money to get back. I've just walked for like three hours, and thank God somebody left some change on the on the uh, the the the, <laughs> the tip thing. Oh, really? It was like five quid, and I thought oh, I shouldn't do this really, but I, I just I, I nicked it. Thought, Hard times, yeah. Yeah. Did so, it only take you three hours to walk from Hertfordshire? To four. We, we, so I left at six o'clock. Nine. Did you have there. the meeting then? Sorry? Did you have the meeting? Yeah, I walked in. I think it, I, I walked in thinking, please don't, oh, I hope you got that. Well, I, I was hoping they'd got there before me so they ordered a drink because I had no money. I had nothing. So there, there you go, startup story. That's the, and, that, and I'm telling you, that happened a few times yeah. where I turn up. For, I remember turning up once. Right, I, actually, the same sort of thing. So somebody's going to be a photographer. So a bit, bit more important for the magazine. T- two weeks, arranged it, going to meet in, uh, I think it was a landmark in London. And I was driving. I couldn't get the time of work I knew. I'd at work van. If I, it was one of the jobs. If I left, I was going to get the sack. You couldn't just. I can't just walk off and come back. It was an excuse. But I had the van, work van, and I thought I've got to do this in my lunch break. I was sort of near the area. I carry some clothes in the back because while I was leading the media company, I still had to pay my bills. So I was yeah. I'm leading two different lives, yeah. not telling either one what I was doing. So I was delivering car parts. Yeah, and I had to meet in the Marlborough Hotel in London or the Landmark Hotel. Yeah. I thought, shit, I can't have a day off, but it's taken me forever to meet them and they can't do it. So I've got to do it. I've got, I can't take the day off. I thought, jeez, I can't lose the job. So I drove, told them, I thought, right, I'll tell them I've got a flat tyre. That would buy me some time. Mm. You know, all these mental gymnastics to make things work. So I got there, um, couldn't find anywhere to park the van. I thought, anyway, I'm going to get a ticket. I've got, I've just mm. got, I can't. I was driving around and around, you know, start sweating, think, God, the time. So I'm driving around and around. I thought, I've just got to get a ticket. I can't afford it. I've got no money. I was on mm. like 17 grand a year, like mm. driving. A, parked it up. Going to get a ticket. Went up to the hotel. Got a drink. So waste of money. Going to get a ticket. They haven't turned up. Phone them. Phone again. Oh, sorry. I, I forgot it was today. And I'm thinking. Oh. <sighs> And I, I, I almost hated that book because like, this is my thing. I never check up on anybody because I think that's disrespectful to you. Yeah. It, it mildly annoys me, not really, because it's sensible when somebody yeah. says, "You know, I've heard." Are we it. still doing this thing? You go, yeah. Yeah, I said I was. Well, yeah. you, you, but then people don't do the same respect. You go, it doesn't matter if it's four months ago. If you said that mm-hmm. thing, then I forgot. I respect you enough that yeah. you, it's going to be done. I don't have to check up on you. Otherwise, you're a child. What you're your parent. I see these stories happen a lot with founders looking for investment, and then just in- investors just sort of bailing or just forgetting about the meeting or postponing, sort of last minute. They're like, well, I'm in the position of money, so you, you know that. Oh, yeah, see, forgot, but that's, I'd be more fussy. I think people sort of go cap in hand to people. Please give. I don't know who you are. What you do? Mm-hmm. I sit in front of people and say. Listen, you're going to hear to the whole story mm. so that we're both on the same page. Because if you go, well, I'll give you some money. But what about the whole thing? Are you mm. Because I'm not interested in the little bit of cash if I'm going to have to go through the same problem in two months. Yeah. So you're, you, that's why I say about me, meeting people that you like. We go, mm. I get this. I did you get a ticket in the end? I want to hear Yeah, I did time. get a ticket. Oh, yeah. no. 60, no, 100 quid. And the drinks at the landmark are not yeah, cheap like either. Four quid for a coffee, 380. <laughs> yeah. But it... it uh, the, 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 those problems aren't actually the problems to me like because my whole life was chaos so that's not really a big thing like living on the street that was 
all those little things that people get annoyed by. So what did you learn from that lesson? Are no, you checking up on people now? Or? Yeah, well, I had to do it from then yeah. on because I, th- yeah. but I never thought... Because you sent me a message, didn't you? You're like, did you get my email? Are you coming? Oh, yeah. If somebody doesn't get back to me in 24 hours, <laughs> I start panicking. But I refrain because I think it's disrespectful to check up on somebody. Mm. But I've been let down so many times where you go, I, I, I'm not... I, I, I don't want to belittle you by saying, but it's like, Jesus Christ, if people keep letting you down, mm. you, it's like you have to learn the rules of no, people don't think like you. Yeah. You, you might think you're a piece of shit and you come from bad, but guess what? They ain't got the standard you've got. And it mm. takes years to go, oh, Christ, right. I might be the fucking in charge here and I'm trying to sort of learn and figure things out and I'm the one that's with, with all the standards. Um, but yes, that, that happened so many times. But the thing that stuck with me, it broke my spirit about people. Mm. Because I thought, like I said, putting the company together from thinking about it to everything that's now, 10 years, but, you know, having to learn to read and all that first. But um, coming to the conclusion that, oh, you're, you have a lot more rules in your life and you're a lot more reliable and you're more, you have more goals than people that you thought were like these high-end professionals. And you know, most people just stumbled into these things and a lot of founders are not smart people at Rumble are not smart they just got some money and their parents gave them some money and they started shopping did well you go oh they never they're not you can't I met somebody who worked in publishing one of the first female editors of all the high newspapers in England mm. and talking to them and realised that she hadn't got a bloody clue what she knew what she'd done mm. like you'd think like a high end for 50 years in editorial massive newspapers mm. You go, but you don't know anything. You just know that you went from there into a job, but then the job went to the thing, and mm. then you went up and you editorial and sub editor and editor. You go, but you don't know any. I'm talking about, and you can't even advise me. Mm. Like, I thought oh, I've got to move you out of the way. Like you don't know anything, and that's what I've said to, to a friend of mine. You, when they say like seventy percent of restaurants close down, and this, honest to God, this is like these statistics that get bandied about sometimes are very fake. Yeah. There's a lot of industries. 70% of restaurants close down, so startups go, blah, blah, blah. And you go, yeah, that statistic's right. But did you also know that most of those people didn't know what the fuck they were doing? Yeah. They were people that got a quick loan, it was easy for. They're not people that struggled and figured things out and studied and, blah, blah, and stuck with it. That's people that got a loan from them. Oh, do you, do you fancy having in a restaurant? Just been with you for, uh, been in a relationship for a year. Do you want to start with it? Oh, that'd be great. That'd be fun. Oh, we don't know what we're doing. Oh, we go to the bank. We've got, both got great credit history. So, uh, oh, we'll just load 100 grand. Okay, but oh, it failed. And then that goes into the statistics of like, oh, it must be so difficult. No, most people are bloody idiots. They, that, most of that 70% failing, yeah. 50% of that will just be stupid people. Why have you opened another restaurant that's similar to that restaurant on that road? How, what are the statistics for that? This, this is what happens when uh, a group of people follow through um, after three or four days straight just doing blow. And they actually follow through on what uh, yeah, all yeah, the yeah. crazy plans. Two like, we're going to start a restaurant. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. going to be great. We're going to. It's going to be seafood. We're going to do clams. <laughs> but it's actually a, it's, it's lobster. A, it's going to. Oh, we're going to make millions. We're just going to sit at the bar. It's going to be great. Yeah, my dad's there. got me. Dad, yeah, his mate. Get yeah, low. It's going to be amazing. And then that statistic goes into the pot that you then read. Oh my god, they all failed. Yeah, not because I have failed hard work or didn't. It's because of most of it. It's stupid people that don't care. They're doing that for money. They're not bothered, mate. They're not bothered. And that statistic doesn't get told enough. Like that, you don't hear that enough. That, no, yeah, there are reasons it failed because most of them are bloody idiots and they don't stick with anything. So a, a lot of it is back to front stuff. Mm. So when I say about, uh, you take for, um, uh, I don't know, be an actress or an actor, you say, right, yeah, but do you know how many people actually, how many people get through and they go, yeah. But they don't tell you along the way that most of those people didn't know what the bloody hell they want to do and they're doing it for fun. Yeah. Then there's another load of people out of that statistic that 
doing out of ego, yeah. then you it's built into the system that there's going to be another load of people after that that actually like to uh, they like to they want to get a house and have a car and they're going to fall away. They're not taking it seriously. Yeah. Then there's another load of people that will work, but they're not actually going to do that because you know maybe life is a little bit easier. They don't have to struggle with it. And then there's those few people that didn't have the luxury, didn't go for the car, didn't go for the house, they mm. just wanted it. They weren't for ego. They wanted to be an actor. They spent that little bit of money they had on acting lessons and things that they couldn't afford and they yeah. kept doing it and they kept doing it and they kept doing it. That's the act, the people you're up against. Most of those out of every 100 actors, you know, 90 fell, 80 of those are just going to fall away. So yeah. don't, you're not actually against that statistic because most of them are wasting their time. They're not bothered. So they're all going to fall away. Startups. You could say most startup fail, blah, blah. Yeah, don't worry, because half that statistics are people that can't be bothered. Mm. So they're just going to drop off. Don't worry about the statistic. There's going to be other people that can't be bothered. There wasn't actually a goal with them. So they're going to struggle for a little bit and go, oh, forget this. I'm just going to go back to my other job. They're going to fall away. You're never up against the statistic that you think you are. You're only up against a few, few of those. And if you are one of those people who go, I can't live without heading towards that goal of being an actress. I can't do it. I'll do the jobs and work, but that's my main goal. Now you're down to one of five of you out of a hundred. Nah, it's a bit different because the statistics are lying to you. All those people are going to drop away. That statistic is not going to last. 80%. But we are coming into a society where it is a bit like survival of the fittest. You've got to show up. You've got to work. You've got. Yeah. You can't just. You can't just maybe get a job because you might probably going to get a job after you finish school. It's like, it, we're too many people on the planet now. You have to show up and you have to work hard and you have to do, you know, whatever it takes to make it. Well, put my, so, I don't want to keep going on about myself, but put, I said, there's no plan B. I don't know what you're talking about. Why are you still doing this? What are you talking about? Mm. It's like, why are you still getting old? What, there's no secondary <laughs> thing here. Stop yeah. aging. It, this, I die. Yeah. And this happens. Well, this is the same with, with being in the society that we're now. Either you go for your dreams and you work hard at it, or really, there's, is there really that many other options for you? There really aren't. Well, it's, it's been said before, you, you cannot go for your dreams and still fail. Hmm. So why not just, it's not a, well, I can go for my dreams and risk, or I can just stay safe. No, how, what about things you become miserable and you fail anyway? Yeah. So why not just go for your fucking dreams? Uh, okay. What time is it, Charles? Uh, it's uh, uh, two past one. Oh, Jesus. Wow, we've been going on for ages. I'll just keep it, I'll just keep it Right, yeah. okay. Uh, so the parking's just run out. The is just run out outside. <laughs> so um, we'll end it there. Very quick. I'd say uh, thank you uh, very much for coming on to the show. Thank we'll have you, you back on at one side. We'll get yeah, that was very nice. Really yeah, interesting. We'll find out Thanks. what's going on with your company in the future. So yeah. nature, nurture startups. Nurture founders. Uh, founders. Nurture founders. Yes. Uh, Madalena Erickson. Yes, that's, that's me. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you, yes. And that's Thanks. the end of the show. Cheers, Charles. Go. Let's get some money in that meter outside. <laughs> Here's your story. Let's begin. The water's fine. Come on, dive in. The future's here. It's right before your eyes. Step by step, you're on your way. Welcome to a brighter day. Don't you know it feels good to be alive? You could be larger than Cool.